This is Les McCurdy, McCurdy's Comedy Theater, Sarasota, Florida. We're sitting in the green room behind the stage where the comics hang out before they go up on stage. As a matter of fact, you can walk from the green room just right onto the stage. It sits in the middle of the stage and on the other side is the box office. And what you're going to hear is the conversation that the comics naturally have during the performance. That's what this is all about. It's not an interview. It's not a performance. It's just our conversation. Same as you sitting around with your friends, and it could go anywhere. It could be chaotic, it could go all over the place, it could be very specific. And remember, we're not experts on anything either. We're just having a nice conversation. That's what we do in the green room, that's what you want to be a part of, and we hope you enjoy the conversation. Welcome to the conversation. <laughs> And uh, this is a conversation from McCurdy's Green Room. This is Les McCurdy. And remember, it's not yes. an interview. It's just a conversation. You're just going to catch what we talk about. And uh, Mike over here, who is uh, our producer, he's here every producer. week. And he'll chime in every once in a while. Our headliner's not here yet, uh, but he'll be here soon, uh, John DeCrosta. But Tiffany Barbie's here, who is our feature act this week. And Tiffany's one of our local uh, Tampa Bay elite very Hi. nice. Yes. <laughs> and uh, your first time, uh, uh, at least as a middle act here. So it's yeah, yeah. it's yeah. very exciting. Yeah. I've kind of just hung around long enough, and now I'm here. <laughs> well, it, it okay. takes more. It takes more than just hanging around. <laughs> I, I can tell you that. But uh, so we were. Uh, so like I say, it's just a conversation. Matter of fact, we were in a conversation about. Uh, Louis C.K. Uh, and uh, and then talking about Weinstein and Bill Cosby yes. and how uh, associated somehow. Yeah, well, just how you were saying <laughs> yeah, that we've gone down in the dark yeah, road. Yeah. dark road. But you were just saying how you know they, you know they're. Uh, well, Bill Cosby was an attractive guy. You know, Weinstein's not, and he uses yeah. his power. But we're just talking about they didn't need to be creepy yeah, about it. Yeah, they didn't it. need to be creepy, but they were using what they had. Like, obviously, they weren't attra attractive. I mean, no. Weinstein. So he thought, you know what? I have I have power. I have money. Sure. I can give these women a job. So mm -hmm. I'm going to use that and then see if it gets me some that's action right. and attention. And that's all I have because, look, my hair is gone. But he's creepy. <laughs> Because right. so that just shows here's a guy that's here was a guy that was obviously super smart, very uh, you know very successful in one way, but but in another part when it came to uh, women and relationships, very unsophisticated, very unsure of himself, very to 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 do what he did his way. Because yeah. uh, right. I was talking you're talking about the unattractiveness power. Is attractive. is attractive. It right. is. And, I like power. Well, you know, Barbara Walters, I remember this, back back in the day, uh, when she was younger, she was a pretty attractive woman. I mean, she was a, you know, and and she was dating uh, uh, Kissinger, oh, Henry Kissinger. Henry Kissinger, yeah. And a Henry Kissinger is not an attractive man. No, I mean, no. he's a weird-looking guy. But <laughs> at that time, he was Secretary of State of the United States. Super powerful, and I th I remember somewhere she was interview in an interview. They asked her about when she dated him, and kind of the thing of you know you're a really attractive, powerful woman yourself, brilliant, powerful, attractive. What was the attraction? She goes, power. Yeah. Power is an aphrodisiac. Right. 
you know, it, to some people, I guess, you know. No, in that I, case. I agree. And you're right about Weinstein. Yeah, he used those things, but he could have found someone who wanted to be with him as of opposed to forcing it. Of course he could have. He could have. To come to him. I don't yeah. think he was into that, though. I think yeah. he liked the forceful nature of things. That's that's the fucked up part. I well, think. I think I think that I think that part of it too was the type of woman. I mean, in other words, if he's going to come on to a Gwyneth Paltrow, well, right. she's also powerful, right. and so you know, I mean, some of the women, and it's, I think the same way with Cosby, some of the women they were going after were women that they knew were not gonna play their game right they you set know, the bar too high that's they right gotta knock that bar <laughs> that, down that's right <laughs> they went they went you can go for beauty but beauty and brilliance no right. <laughs> if they're beautiful and brilliant you're probably not gonna get that one you know right they have to be more realistic but i wonder you know sometimes i think people might have been more attractive when they were younger so then they got used to being like i can get those women and when they get older they don't sense that they're older and that they aren't that, that is attractive, and then ma- they go for that still. And then that's the women me like, and Tiffany. We're, we're ridiculous. <laughs> I, I do that on stage. We're ridiculous. <laughs> women, women get older, and they get self-conscious. Men get older and think they're hotter than they've ever been in their life. And they're, and they're older, and they're paunchy, and they're gray, and they just think, they just think man, that 25-year-old over there once is after my <laughs> ass. And I go, that 25-year-old wouldn't have been after your ass when you were 25 nah, years yeah. old, you yeah. crazy idiot. <laughs> That's exactly right. Yo, I, I was going to say, watching your show last night, uh, uh, and just on the age thing, when you said your age, I was I was a little thrown back. Really? Yes. I mean, I really thought you were more maybe late 20s. And when you said you were 35, I go, damn, she could pass for, I mean, you could you could pass for 18 if you wanted to. Yeah, I think I, look, I think I look better than I did in high school. Like, if I look at the yearbook, like, I'm like, I'm looking, I figured it out. You know what look, I mean? Look, I'm 63 <laughs> and I look better than I did in high school. Right. Oh, yeah, way you, better. You get your style yeah. figured out, right? But, yeah, I know, because I always think maybe I shouldn't say my age on stage. I mean, I do it to make a point, but then I think, you know what, I'm probably a better investment to, like, you know, on the comedy yeah. scene. That's why a lot of entertainers don't say how old they are, and I right. shouldn't because they'll be like, oh, I think Tiffany's 23, so I'm going to invest more energy into helping Tiffany out. Not that I need help, but I feel like it's probably a better thing to do for bookers and stuff to think. Well, you know, when you said it last night, just from me sitting in my place and watching my audience, and we all know here in Sarasota, our audiences skew a little older. You know, my crowd is 45 to 75 is my average group. But when you said you were 35, whether you realize this or not, I'm telling you, most of the people in the audience went, what? No way. Yeah. You know, they're thinking, I thought she was 20. You know what I mean? Yeah. So whether you can do anything with that comedically, because I'm telling you, they're not thinking you're 35 years old. Well, when I get out there, I do say how they use, like, about how I'm on Catch the Predator, even though I'm not. And yes. They use me as the bait girl, and that's kind of a reference to uh-huh. it. But... That's pretty funny. That's well, maybe good. you could tie that in closer to your age. You know what I mean? To, if you yeah. wanted to. Uh because that was something I went, ah, that was a little thing there that, yeah. you know, that, yeah, like I say, little, I don't think people would guess you at that age, that, guess you at 35. No. Yeah, no. I dress really young. It's, I mean, I don't do it on purpose. It's just that, like, I don't fit no, in, like, adult clothes. Look. I don't yeah. fit in adult clothes. Like, well, my, my wife, Pam, I don't fit in adult clothes. My wife, Pam, always looked 10 years younger than she is. Mm-hmm. 
You know what I mean? Uh, ever since I started dating her, she was 21, and I looked like I was dating a 15, 16-year-old. I mean, you know, <laughs> and, 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 you know, literally. She was getting carded when she was in her 30s, and I bet you do too, even back. So, so the thing is, is that that's a great thing because you'll always look 10 years yeah, younger. Yeah, I hope so. It's funny. You know Bob Burr, that book, Snappers? Mm-hmm. Him mm-hmm. and I, we used to have uh, past the Universal Studios. And, of course, when you go there, you're wearing, like, you know, like, little shorts. And, like, the, and Bob Burr's like, I feel people probably are looking at me like, what the world? Because there's yeah. one, one time when I had a big cotton candy in my oh hand. My <laughs> like a stuffed animal on the other hand oh he's like god. oh my god like you need to go away yeah. from me Take- <laughs> he's like, he's i think like, that you could do that on stage almost <laughs> you just that you have a friend that you go yeah i've got friends that look like less <laughs> we hang out i got cotton candy and a lollipop and they're like jesus chris hansen keeps popping out and asking know, questions. <laughs> that is so funny. and i can't remember i was do you do you do a bit on your name I do. There's. It's really hard for me because I feel like there's a lot of stuff. Because I used to be a pageant kid, and there's like so many like my martial arts. I know I can dig. I know I can dig deeper. But you know, doing just a feature set, it's hard to dig deeper because you can go on for like ten minutes on one subject. And yeah. Next thing you know, you're done. Well, the thing like, is, wow. when you when you there's certain things to me that are like just kind of like as an audience member. I know I, when you when you see certain names, that right. you know, a name or a look. And they walk out and they don't acknowledge it. Yeah. And you go, and you go, Tiffany Barbie, really? Like, they, I guarantee a lot of people are going, that is not her real name. There's no so, way. I'll, I'll honest, I get yeah. so worried. Sometimes when I introduce myself to other comedians, I'm like, that's my real name. I'm not a jerk or a weird yeah. girl that was like, you know, it would be funny if I make my last name Tiffany Barbie. I'm huh? so glad that that's you know? the truth. <laughs> like, like, it is, because what a terrible human being would I be if I was like, <laughs> I'm going to use the stage name Barbie. <laughs> like, yeah. And not just Barbie. You're a Tiffany oh Barbie. Tiffany. I mean, like you're a collectible. Do you yeah. understand that? You I, are a collectible. I know. Have you had the? Have you gotten the Tiffany Barbie? I haven't taken it out of the yeah, box. I'm not, I'm not going to yeah, either. Exactly. That's not the exactly. Tiffany Barbie. That's we're retiring on our five Tiffany Barbies. You know. Exactly. Well, it's so funny because my mom, like, actually, just like a year ago, she said to me, she goes, "Well, you're lucky. I almost named you Silver. Oh, she almost no. named me Silver Barbie." <laughs> That's rough. I was like, you should not be allowed to have children. <laughs> no. like, like, they should test you before you, you have a child. You failed the name test, mom. Jeez. Silver. I, yeah. She, and then, obviously, she had me in pageants. But, like, some of the other girls in the pageant, one of my best friends in the pageant's name was Cookie. So, I was like, I'm just glad oh. I'm not her. Like, I'm glad I'm not Cookie. Cookie. <laughs> like, well, you could have named you, too, Onda. Oh. <laughs> Something's on the Barbie. On the Barbie. I but know. it's just it's just one of those when you have that kind of a – Name or look, it's it's usually like an easy one-liner, you know, kind of a thing. Because people are already thinking it in their head. They're already yeah, looking at that name going, is that a real name? They're, they're thinking. Yes, and that's then they, my real name. No, yeah. no. And it's, you know, of course, it's the obvious stripper joke. Yeah, see, I used to say, that's what I used to say is that I was like, oh, I know it sounds like a stripper name. And, like, Snappers used to be across, well, is across the street from a strip club. And that was, like, my first, like, my MC place that I got going at. So I would always make a comment about, oops, I ended up on the wrong side of the street or whatever. Right. right, right. It was funnier, but I can't remember now how I did it. (laughs) Yeah, it's weird how that works. What's that old thing about you take your first pet and your... The street, street you grew name. up on, and that's your le- porn yeah. name or your lesbian. Yeah, or- mine may, would make no sense if that's the case. Mine would be Sage Osprey. Sage. I don't know. That's a pretty good porn name. Does it- <laughs> it's not bad. Sage Osprey. Mine's uh, Charmin Charmin Pyron. 
Charmin Byron. That sounds like. Ah, a- Ron Modell walking. Come on, buddy, get Ron over here. Modell's well, Kathy's here room. too, but we're in a, we're we're doing a podcast. Oh, I didn't know. That. But it's okay. Yeah, we yeah, sit down. Yeah, sit down. Yeah. Sit over there, Kathy. Kathy and Ron Modell just came in. Ron is uh, a comic that that works here quite often. He's our he's our resident joke teller. He can tell more jokes than anyone that we know. And uh, and was was a trumpet player until for until I still I still it still boggles my brain that you don't play the trumpet anymore. Even just in the bathroom for the hell of it, just. Something I would just think that many years of having your mouth on something you would have had to, but no. Opening it up. (laughs) (laughs) This, by the way, this uh, we just started this uh, podcast uh, a few weeks ago, and it's not an interview podcast. It's just a conversation. We're we're basically just it'd be just like you just walked in here, and we're just we're just chatting. And Tiffany uh, is uh, from Tampa, and. We've known Tiffany for a long time, watched her grow, watched her. She's come in, done guest sets, and da-da-da, and uh, we felt like that she was ready, that we wanted to, this is her first time middling, wow. yeah, and uh, so, yeah, we're excited about it. But you've been now, how many years are you? You're What, six, middling? No, just oh, in. It, like nine years. Okay. I, I should be better, <laughs> let's be honest. Okay. <laughs> I want to show you something that I received in the mail a few days ago that is Appropriate and so touching. Well, what do you got? Quincy Jones. Oh, Quincy Jones. they're good friends. Right, I remember yes, last yes. night. I want you to take a look at it and see if you think it's worthy of reading on the air. Absolutely. Enough of I, me, my. You want me to read it? You yeah, want to read it? No, you. Okay. Enough of I, me, my. It's time to try the path of we, us, and our. We, us, and our. If you can see it. You can, if you can see it, you can be it. Make each and every day a celebration filled with love and unity. Love Quincy and the entire Jones family. So and did he just? In the middle, what does it show you? Oh, it's Quincy. It's a, it's a, it's a, a profile silhouette. silhouette of Quincy, and you have the Buddhist, the uh, Islamic, the Christian, uh, the uh, the the uh, Jewish. And the, ooh, I'm not sure. Is it is that Hindu? Is that Hindu? This one? I'm not sure. That's sad. That Scientology. Is that no, Scientology? No. <laughs> <laughs> I would think so. It's 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 like that come together. Yes, you know, like we, we coexist. Remember years ago when you got all of those singers together? Yeah. We are. World, yeah, absolutely. And oh, absolutely. yeah. I think now at this time, with what's happening, he felt that he had to do it again. Oh, good. And so I think he did a mass mailing of these. Oh, cool. Which is really nice. And Ron uh, uh, got to know Quincy, and uh, and and because uh, t- tell the story about the phone call. Well, I had conducted um, a little bit for Quincy in 1996. At the Montreux Jazz Festival, right, and uh, I was his assistant. And then 1997, uh, I got a call one day on my phone machine, and when I came home, I flipped it on, and it said, "Ronnie, where is your ass? I need you now." <laughs> and it was Quincy. <laughs> but wasn't there a before you ever met him the first time? Oh, the first time. What didn't he call the house? 
or something and uh, to, to to talk to you? Didn't he get his name? Your I was thinking he got your name from Phil Collins. From Phil Collins, we have done because uh, they had worked yeah, together. But Phil Collins uh, was a guest artist on that particular show, right? Along with Patty Austin and uh, um, Shaka Khan and Jim right. Steelman. And when Phil Collins heard my big band from Northern Illinois University, right? <clears throat> excuse me, he had decided that he wanted to do a two-month tour of the United States and Europe, especially Europe during July when all the jazz festivals. Right. And he did not want to sing. He wanted to play drums again like he did in Genesis. He wanted to be like Buddy Rich for a minute. Exactly. Yes. Exactly, and he loved Buddy Rich. Oh, he was the guy. So, yeah, he, he called Quincy to have me call him to get a band together. Now, he had his own rhythm section, which travels with him all the time. Got you. And when he does these big, big tours, he has his own two trumpets and a trombone called the Vine Street Horns, who are three of the best brass players in all of L.A., and they'll stop whatever they're doing. Uh, they've been on American Idol. They've been on uh, Dancing with the Stars. But if Phil Collins calls them, he's got dibs. Right. So they came along, and uh, it, was, it was a fantastic tour. It was... One where the band, and in my 65 years of playing professionally, I never saw this happen, where the band would play a two-hour and 15-minute set every night with no intermission. We had Olita Adams, a great singer from Kansas oh, yeah. City, oh, awesome. in the middle. But I, this band couldn't wait for the next night to come so they could play again. Nice. And that kind of enthusiasm, that kind of love between the players and, and admiration of each of the people you're sitting next to, I just never, I never had it in my career. And then, to boot, when we were doing the jazz festivals, for instance, when we were in Holland at The Hague, uh, an hour before the performance, sitting in the dressing room area, one of my ex-students who was in the band came up and said, look who came to see us tonight. And there were five people standing off to the side, and I said, who is that? He said, that's Earth, Wind, and Fire. Nice. Oh, my God. <laughs> ten, minutes later, ten minutes later, another student of mine came up and said, that's Tower of Power. <laughs> and then later, Cubanissimo, who took Irakiri's sure. place in, in Cuba. And one night when we were in uh, Tivoli Gardens in Copenhagen, uh -huh. I looked off to my left because I was the last trumpet player on the left before the wings, and there was Tony Bennett sketching me. Wow. Nice. And the, the capper was when we played the only indoor venue we played on that whole tour was in Paris at the Rex Theater. And Phil Collins knocked on our dressing room door and he said, hey, guys, some of the Rolling Stones are here. They want to meet you guys. Nice. <laughs> Couldn't top it. No. Holy shit. That's wow. incredible. Well, you you know. So you're, you're talking about that, that camaraderie. Yeah. So like when you played in the Dallas Symphony. Same you, thing. You you did have that kind of camaraderie. Well, I would think you'd have. I think it'd be a team effort. But it's yeah. it's like the three teams that you have in the NFL. Yeah. You have the offense, the defense, and the special. Right. Okay. Right. So the offensive team was undoubtedly the brass section. Uh huh. Okay. The defensive team, the woodwind section. Okay. And then the special team, all the string players. In the <laughs> symphony orchestra, you have right, ninety, right. hundred people. Sixty of them are string players. Right. And they all feel as though the people who are in the woodwind brass section is one on a part. Here you've got 12 on a part. Right. And they always kind of uh, 
I mean, I'd say good morning, everybody, and not everybody in the string section would return. A <laughs> <laughs> little haughty, the strings. <laughs> yeah. little uppity, the strings. <laughs> and, and then when we tried to extend our seasons by making Pops concerts, in which we featured uh, Ray Price and Engelbert Humperdinck and, you know, a symphony orchestra playing for the four freshmen or something, then it really got hard because this music was way above the kind of music they should be playing. Right, right. But then they came to realize that that put money in their pocket. Sure. Because we only had a 25-week season in Dallas when I started. Mm. When I left, it was up to 35 weeks. Now it's 52. Right, right. Because we were talking about that, and I think I'd asked you, because, you know, when you, when you go to the symphony here and you think, well, is that a year-round job? I mean, I mean, is it a, are they making enough money playing in the Sarasota Symphony Orchestra to support themselves, or do they have to move around? And It's my understanding they have about 46 or 48 what you'd call core players right. who sign a contract for, I don't know how many weeks, 30, 32, I don't know what it is. And then each concert, they engage musicians on a per-service basis. Sure. So that they, they actually end up doing at least 35 so somebody who's got a 35-week contract, okay, that's a really solid pro kind of person, what are they, are they getting six figures? Oh, no, not near. No. No, no. no. 50000 If you're talking about the New York Philharmonic or Cleveland or Boston, yes. Yes, okay. But over, over six figures. Yeah, okay. I mean 150, 200,000. Right, right, right. That's 52-week season. Yes. With eight weeks vacation. Yeah, they're, they're year-round. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But in but in a a, a symphony, Sarasota, these people have to run from one engagement to another one at a church, or at a theater, or at a ballet, or at an I don't know. Damn, they're concert. like comics. That was about. That's what I was <laughs> <laughs> like, just around. trying to get that. <laughs> Except they got to carry a case with them. Yeah. They got to bring something. Believe me, I know that that whole scene because in Dallas we only had twenty five weeks when I started. Uh huh. And uh, you had. To for any job you could wow. to su- supplement your income. So, yeah. Nice. But it's a great orchestra in Sarasota. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When you hear them play, they're magnificent. Oh, they, they are magnificent. We were just talking about today just the, the how, uh, what a spectacular city it is. You know, I, and I, I just go on and on about being the best tropical city in the world because... Cultural. That's right. Because we have the beauty. We're, we have the Caribbean beaches yep. and everything. But we have the amenities. I go, there's a lot of beautiful places that are tropical, but not with a symphony and an opera that and way. a ballet that are all fantastic. Van Wazel, which brings in right. top-notch. Which they're getting, you know, they're getting ready to tear it down. Well, they got to go more. The 1,800 seats is limiting. Oh, they're going to make it bigger. Yes, they need to make it bigger and safer. The old, they, when they built, built Van Wazel, it's one of the few, and Ruth Eckert has this too, there's no center aisleways. Yes, that's so obnoxious. Well, it's not Fire safe. Hazard, it's yes. not safe. And so now, I, so I understand the, whatever they're going to do. One, they got to get, with the way the population's booming here, I mean, I'm sure they'll go at least 5,000 seats. I, I would suggest 10, personally. But, Acoustically, I don't know how you could really make it. 
with for ten thousand is too much. Well, when I started in Dallas, we played at the State Fair and Music Hall, which was four thousand. Right. And it was the second largest stage, only to Radio City Music Hall. Right. And to play in an auditorium of four thousand, the acoustics has to be so perfect for so many bodies. Well, uh, you know, from a financial standpoint of view, it, it's like uh, I would. You can't if you're. If you're just doing that, and that's what you're building it for, just for mainly for off-broad, you know, for touring Broadway shows, for the symphony, you know, and that sort of stuff, yeah. But if you want to branch out and start getting big pop artists, you need 10,000 seats. Right. You know, 5,000 ain't going to do it. And, and so I think they, to me, they, they would limit themselves. I don't know if, there seems like there should be a way that you could build a 10,000 seat venue and be able to pull it down to, uh, you know, 3,000 or 4,000 seats in a way that acoustically works for that type of presentation. You know what I mean? I don't know. It seems like there should be a way. We had a, a, an auditorium in Dallas, a municipal auditorium, that held 10,000. And when we had Henry Mancini come to guest conduct and play, right. the 10,000 filled up immediately. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. we know that... The, it will, it will, but it, it, you, you're just saying the sound quality, you're not going to get. You can't. Yeah. You can't. It's just. But will the people, in the, it just won't be for the people that didn't pay enough money that are in the back. Will the people up close still be able to hear it nicely acu- acoustically, or it just affects everybody? Everybody. Wow. Everybody. And, and really, it's, it's amazing to think that when you're sitting, for instance, the Sarasota Orchestra rehearses in Holly Hall. Right, 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 right. right. Okay. When you go from Holly Hall to the stage of Van Wezel or Neil, your whole perspective of what you've been rehearsing all week changes. Sure, totally. sure. Now you can hear these people, but you can't hear these. People. Right, right. So. Well, it's the same dynamic we've ta- we were just talking earlier. One of the ways that I get major celebrities here is because their major celebrities are playing two thousand to five thousand seat venues. Okay. Well, when you do that. When you deliver a joke at Van Wazel or Ruth Eckert Hall, you have to wait. You have to you deliver the joke. You have to stand there and wait for your sound to go to the back wall. Everybody get it. Laughter comes back. So it's ponderous because if you if you went at club pace, you'd be talking over everything constantly. And uh, so it's sa- that's that same kind of thing. All of a sudden, you get in this big hall, and if you're not used to it, you'll be talking over your act like crazy. If you're going at your same pace, because you don't, you're not allowing the time to, for the sound to get back and get back to you. You know, and that's the reason when you're doing when you're working a, a set for a television show, you need to be in a club because in clubs the reactions immediate. It's it's pow, it's right there. And that's what it's gonna be when you're watching it on television. It's immediate, you wow, know. Yeah. So your timing for T V and club is the same. You can't do it in a theater. Two thousand you, you, your timing is all, and I all think off. The size of the hall and I'll never forget this. In nineteen fifty eight I played at the biggest hotel in the Catskill Mountains, it was called the Concord. It could have thirty five hundred guests. So the opening of the big room which held 3,500 seats I thought they made the biggest mistake on hiring a comedian 
who was so good in a small, intimate room, but not in a huge... Right. So this comedian died. If they would have gotten somebody like Buddy Hackett or one of the, you know, boisterous, loud... Who's big, yeah, big, yeah. bigger than life, yeah. And the one who opened the room was Joey Bishop, who was oh, a great comedian. Oh, yeah, but... But Buddy was for a very small room. Yeah, Joey's, Joey's just a stand-and-deliver guy, exactly. you know, not animated at all. I mean, yeah. And later on that summer, we had Eartha Kitt, and she, again, was an intimate singer uh -huh. and in a huge room of 3500 earth the kids little you know yeah uh, yeah yeah it doesn't play no no uh, that's Ex exactly oh yeah you yeah think about that when you're booking yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh yeah we've all seen that it's seen a room swallow up somebody right. you know when they're not used to it because that's the whole thing i mean you and when you're a when you're a celebrity you don't change because you're branded this is me I don't change for the venue. I don't change for the crowd. They, they adapt to me. Celebrities, it's always you adapt to me. I don't adapt to you. But that's the reason they're celebrities. Yeah. They're, the, they're consistent. They're the same. And so they can be branded. Right. You know, right, right, right. If, you're a, if you're a comic, like I'm a, 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 I'm a crowd pleaser. Right. I'm going to walk up. I'm going to feel the audience. I'm going to do enough material to kind of get a read on them and then play to them you know, more basically and, and, and to the room itself. If it's small, uh, more contained, you'll be a certain way. If it's big, you know, you're, you're just, but, right. but and, and I say to this day, that's the reason I'm not a celebrity, right? <laughs> <laughs> Could have been. You're a local celebrity. Don't lie. Exactly. You know, you you're rule Sarasota. You're exactly right. I, I'm a, when it comes to big fish in little ponds, I'm one of the biggest. Yes. I'm one of the biggest big fish in a little pond there is anywhere in this country. I am bigger than the weatherman, Tiffany. I am bigger than the weatherman. Didn't you do Dancing with the Stars, the local one? Yes, I did. Because you're a star here. Yes, I did do Dancing with the Stars. I love that, by the way. That was the with best the thing With the president ever. of a bank. And, you know. <laughs> That was one of the most challenging things I've ever done. Uh, what about standing right in front of Jack Nicholson doing your? Oh, that was yeah, yeah, yeah. That that was, that, was, that was pretty wild. That was in in a small in a small yeah, 150 people, and there's Jack staring at you, and he was not happy with me for five no. minutes. Yeah. He, well, they didn't bring me up as a comic. I was doing an auction. Uh -huh. I was do, facilitating their auction, but when I do it, I do it funny, of course, and that's what makes it fun, and. They knew that. That's the reason they wanted me to be there. But, uh, but the MC, who was Gary Koch, who's one of the main you know, commentators on, on NBC, uh, and a great guy, but at, before I said, Gary, it's very important when you introduce me that you tell them I'm a comedian. And he didn't. He walked up there and he goes, hey, we got a local, we got a local guy. He's a celebrity around here. Most people know him who's uh, graciously said he will uh, help us out with our auction. Les so there's a lot of people in the audience that don't know me at this particular event. Over half the audience doesn't know me, including Jack Nicholas. <laughs> and I get up there, and the first thing out of my mouth is, okay, we got five auction items, okay? Now, we can ponderously go through these damn things one by one, and this could take us 30, 45 minutes. 
or I can get one 100,000 bid and I can get the hell out of here. Y'all will, y'all will be happier. I'll, Jack will be happier. You know, I'm like, and, and the people who know me, they're like, but the people who don't are like, what is he doing? And Jack's so looking at me is like, what is this idiot doing? You know? And uh, so it took him about 10 minutes to figure out that I'm what I am. You right, know, that right, I'm irreverent, right. that I'm that I'm not gonna that I'm not doing this. And you know what happened was I made Barbara laugh. His wife was his sitting wife, with him. Yeah. And I made Barbara laugh. And as soon as Barbara laughed, I saw his face soften. Because yeah. until then you looked like you were looking at Mount Rushmore. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, and he so then I made him but the times I made him laugh the hardest, and there were two specific times where he out loud ha 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 was when I was messing with somebody that I shouldn't have been messing with. Well, in the case of most people, like in one case, there was two guys bidding on a, a round of golf at one of his courses and lunch with him. Well, gotten down to two guys, and I started out, I don't know, I started out like $1,000 thinking, if we get a couple thousand dollars for this, it'll be great, right? So I was going up $100 at a time. Well, then it got to the point I'm going up $500 at a time. Then it got to the point I'm going up $1,000 at a time. Wow. Now, we're up $25,000. Wow. And so, for this lunch thing. So, I, so I go, so when I got to $24,000, going that, I went back to the other guy, and instead of going twenty five, I went thirty. Twenty four, I went thirty. Ooh. Now, I'm going to go up 5000 at a time. I'm like, we're wasting Ooh. time. So, I went thirty, and the guy, and he, he sat back. He was like, and I go, he's like, huh? I go, thirty. Well, come on, let's go. You know what I mean? You got it. Let's do it. You know? And he's like, no. I go, you won't go 30. No. I go, but you'll go 25. He goes, yeah. I go, all right, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29. And I'm back to him on 30. And when I went back to him, I went, you made us do it. You made us waste all this damn time. And I start berating him, right? And Jack just, bah and it's like, here's a guy donating $30,000 for a round of golf and lunch wow. to the children's wow. charity, and I'm busting his balls. <laughs> That's great. And then we had uh, 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 Urban Meyer the next year, oh, wow. who's the coach, football coach for Ohio State and yeah. national champion, all that stuff, you know, one of the b- biggest, right? So next year, he's sitting right next to Jack. <laughs> so we do the auction the items and then we're ready to finish and Gary Coke comes over to me and he goes Les we've got another item for you to auction Coach Meyer would like to give two tickets to the Michigan Ohio State game you know their biggest game they'll fly you up put you up you come down in the locker room before the game we'll take you out on the field before the all this kind of stuff you know it'd be experience of a lifetime for an Ohio State fan and uh so I'm like, okay, all right, sounds good. I said, but uh, he goes, go ahead and auction it off. I said, well, I'm going to in just a second. But before I do, I've got a few questions for Coach Meyer. <laughs> he looked at me. He, if he could have punched me in the head, he would have punched me in the head. He was so mad at me. He's like, oh, you know, and he doesn't want to talk, you know. I went, so Coach Meyer. I said, first, I just want to get a few things clear because it's a big deal. Um, you said they could come down on the field before the game. And he's like, yes. I go, can they do calisthenics with the team 
They'll be out of the way. Just in the back, in the back part of the end zone, you know, I think that'd be good for their experience. And he's like, no. I said, okay. Um, now, you said that they could come down, have an on-field experience. I said, how about this? Could they, during the game, during the game, could they walk behind you along the sidelines? Like, they won't bother you, but they'll just be kind of behind you where they can really get the experience of what you're doing. He's like, no. I'm like, could they hang out with the second string special teams coach? He goes, yeah, they can hang out with him. I'm going out. You going out? All right. We'll see you. We'll see you in a bit. Good conversation. Oh, uh, good conversation. with I Ron. think we're going to try no to get – because last time John was here was the first time he'd ever been to our house. And he came up to me last night and he goes, that was so neat to go to your house. And da-da. I said, well, come back over. So we were thinking either Saturday afternoon or – I'm going to give him a choice. Or Sunday we're doing a 5.30 show because we have the drag queen bingo right. afterwards. So we're done at 7. Yeah. So I'll say either Saturday afternoon or Sunday right after the show. Right. So if y'all are – okay. You're all right? Okay. All right. I'll have corn this time. Oh. I'm having corn, corn and potatoes. <laughs> I'm going to go buy some kosher crap for you. Kosher corn. <laughs> I'm going to bless it myself, Ron. <laughs> oh, man. Barbie, he came up. He came up to me. Uh, I forget how many years. He could tell you. It's seven or eight years ago because we were at the other location. And uh, he came up to me after a show and uh, looking about like this, here, here comes Grandpa, you know. <laughs> you know, and Ron, when he walks up, he's got the orthopedic shoes, a cardigan sweater, you know, <laughs> he, he, polyester pants, here he comes, you know. And he comes up and he goes, hey, man. He goes, uh, I've been coming here. He goes, I'm from Chicago. He goes, I love your club. He goes, look, he goes, uh, I'm, a, I'm a musician. And he goes, and he start, He tells me, he goes, you know, I was in Dallas Symphony Orchestra. You heard the stories. You have a tour with Phil Collins, a tour yeah, with Quincy that was Jones. Really impressive. I've been a band leader forever. He goes, he goes, and I'm bored to shit down here. He goes, I can tell jokes forever. He goes, can I get on your stage? Is there any way I can get on your stage and tell jokes? And I said, Wednesday's open mic. I'll give you five minutes. Come tell some jokes this Wednesday. So he came. He doesn't do anything but jokes, Tiffany. I mean, yeah. he does no material of his own. All like Jackie, oh, like Jackie okay. Martin's. All, right. all jokes, just jokes. But he'll personalize them. He'll make them his own. He'll, you know. But still, jokes. And um, so he came in, did five minutes, killed. I mean, absolutely killed. So I was like, okay, come back for the Friday late show. And I'll let you do 10 minutes with the youngest crowd that's the most raucous crowd. Smoked. Yeah. Smoked it, you know. I was like, all right, come back next Wednesday, and I'm going to let you do, I want to see you do 20, 25 minutes. And if wow. it's not going well, I'll give you the light. You know, I don't want you to do time right. only if it's going well. You know, I don't want you to just kill time, feel like you have to kill yeah. time. I don't want anybody doing that. You know, you do it, do it's working. And... So he came in twenty, and now he middles. He's middled. He's middled for Mitch Fatale. He's middled for he's and all the comics. He's never had a bad set. No, because it's jokes. Yeah, and Ron can do forty-five minutes if you want him to, just jokes. And the comics, the headliners, all love him because he doesn't step on material. 
Right. Because he's just telling jokes. Yeah. And it's such a, and the crowds come up to me. Oh, who's the old guy? Who's the old guy? Who's the old joke teller? When's he coming back? Yeah. It's refreshing because that is a style of comedy that you don't hear right. much anymore. Well, you know? it's old school. And you know what? I think there's a need from the crowd's perspective for it, but you get just, you get so much hatred from some of the other comedians because they're like, that's not fair that he's doing that. That's, you know, and that's what it is. I feel like it, a lot of people could do that because people want it. The crowd wants it. They don't care. I'm telling you what, one of the things has always been a thing that I've preached to comedians is going, if you're doing your show for the other comics, exactly. you're in the wrong, you are working the wrong way. Those comics are not going to pay your bills. Those comics are exactly. not going to get you work. They're not. The comedy club owner, I can tell you right now, the club owner most of the time does not listen to your act. They might watch you one time. Mm -hmm. They listen for the laughter. And that's all there. And they don't care what you're doing to create it, whether you're juggling, doing props, you know, singing, tell it. They don't care. Yeah, it's a business. That's right. And And the audience leaves, and all they know is, all the audience, unless you're a really sophisticated audience member to stand-up comedy, you don't walk out going, well, that was funny, but boy, it was a lot of stock and dot. Right, exactly. They walk out going, that was funny as hell. That's all they they know. That's true. Well, it's so funny because just the other day, uh... I, I went to see one of my friend's shows and the one comedian uh, that was there, another girl that was featuring, she's like, oh, she's like, I've never seen you do comedy, but I've heard great things. I'm like, it's because I don't perform for comedians. Like, I'm out doing shows. I'm right. traveling around doing shows. Exactly. I'm not. Hey, guys. Hey, Marcella. Hi. I'm just it's wondering about starting the, the show on time. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, we're good. Okay, good. This is our showroom manager, Marcella. Hi. She works very hard. She's yes, all she over does. the place. Where is John? Is he from late? Yeah, the comedy condo's well, close. He's fine. Is he staying? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't there. know if he lives here or not. No, he's there. No, he's L.A. He's L.A. Oh, okay, yeah. He's, as a matter of fact, he, uh, he's from New York. Grew up in New York, but he's been in L.A. for, God, I don't know, 30 years wow. or so. You know what? You know what? Surfer. Really? And he does it. I his, would never. No, you look him at him. That. I would you, never. Because he's short and stocky. Well, that's yeah. going to be perfect for him. He's it, a right? big time surfer and well. surfboarder. Float. Like he's a he's a he's a shredder. Wow. <laughs> he has a motorized skateboard. Motorized skateboard that'll go like, you know, uh, 15, 20 miles an hour on a damn skateboard. I go, you're too old for that shit. <laughs> yeah. You can kill yourself. That's but so no, funny. he loves that stuff. Wow. I was out uh there uh few years ago and i just happened to pick up newspaper my brother-in-law lives uh uh, near seal beach in orange county about 10 minutes from the beach and i picked up newspaper national uh serving championships u.s nationals nationals at seal beach or huntington beach and i'm like how far is that brian he goes 15 minutes that way i said i'm so i knew john was a big surfer so i texted him i go are you in town for the surfing he goes less I will be there every morning. <laughs> he goes, I, d- I don't work that week. I am always wow. there every morning. Meet me at this pier. And there was a restaurant, like a breakfast, lunch, like diner kind of place on the end of the pier. 
And so we went out and had breakfast out there. And then we just hung out over the top of the pier watching these amazing that's, surfers. It was that's fantastic. Awesome. It's funny because, you know what? I actually know a lot of L.A. comedians that are into surfing. And I just, you know, like it's surfing and basketball, I feel like comedians like yeah, they do. Yeah. They always have their surfing group and then their basketball group. But, yeah, like I know Andrew Norelli, who's been. Yes. He, he's a big surfer guy. Yeah. And um, I understand basketball. Yeah, there's a lot of basketball. It's like an easy actually, team sport to pick up. Like it's, yes, like yeah. Gary Shandling used to have a right. basketball, like a secret basketball group at his house. I really? saw it, but I, one of my friends I know did it, and then later after he died, they actually put an article in ESPN about it. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, yeah Bobby like, Collins, big basketball yeah. player, and yeah. Well, you know, figure it's easy to do and it's not expensive. Mm-hmm. You know, you can find a basketball court somewhere. I guess. Yes. Yeah, the easiest so. one of the easiest right. soccer. I'm getting a cup of coffee. I like basketball. Y'all keep chatting. Or uh, well, I kind of want to go potty because oh, yeah. that's my pregame. That's oh, my that. pregame ritual, ritual because I never worry that I'm gonna forget my set. If I do, I do. But what if I have to pee? I yeah. worry. Will I have to pee during my sets or poop? <laughs> no, I'm gonna edit that's that out. Worst, okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was gonna mention to you too last night when you did your. Uh, Online dating thing, yeah. And you met a little rabbit there, Oliver. They all get the online date. Oh, yeah. There's so, there's so many comics do it. Yeah, and, and and a lot of these, I mean, a lot of these old older people, they they're you know they got online dating for their age. Yeah, e- like e- the Harmony. silver seniors. Or yeah, no, what is yeah. it? E- Harmony, silver it's singles. It's That's what it silver is. Silver, silver singles, isn't it? Silver I throw that out there. Wow. <laughs> they come right you on silver singles. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, Remember, I, I had the cotton candy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that's hilarious. Oh, God. Yeah, John's missing the important podcast part. What's he doing? He's out partying. He's doing something super cool. I bet. Yeah, he, he is totally spicy. There is a skate park, by the way. That's not too oh, far. Yeah. From well, so, oh yeah. So, me and Chris Rod. That's so funny. <laughs> Me and Chris Gorge is actually skate when we're on the road and we yeah, do shows. We, we we do the skateboarding. We'll find a skate it. park in the area and we'll go and do that. First time I ever met Chris, he just came to the show on his skateboard smoking a cigarette, and I was like, yeah. no "Isn't he way. badass? <laughs> He's like, so badass!" Oh, Chris, Chris Gorge, Gorge you're is our yeah. Feature? <laughs> <laughs> awesome. I love that guy. He's one of my favorites. Andrew Norelli, you mentioned too. You know, Andrew, I hope he's doing okay. Well, yeah, it's like his dad used to live here, and then I think something like he's not doing well. I can't. Well, he's, he's got depression issues. Oh. And uh, he he was he was booked about a year ago, and uh, he was booked about a year ago, and he he got in touch with us a few weeks before, and he was like, "Hey, man, I'm just." I'm not going to be able to make it. And he was very upfront about what was going on. And we were all like, hey, man, you're doing the right thing. You know, go and, you know, you can't, I mean, I, you know. Yeah, family. People that ignore it, you know, bad right. shit happens. Yeah. And uh, so he's, and, and you know, we, I, I, uh, I emailed him not long ago. He sent me something. I emailed him and just like, hey, are you ready to come back? How's everything going? He goes, I'm doing much better. I'm kind of staying right yeah. in my area, but uh, he goes things are going good. I'm feeling good, so he's a great he's a great guy. Oh uh, yeah, and he's a, a really excellent good comedian, comedian, man. Yeah. How much time are you doing less, by the way? About fifteen twenty. Fifteen twenty. Yeah. It was funny last time we did the podcast. Uh, Vinny Ward was here, and he thought because you had a huge applause break, 
so he thought that it was his set. And I'm not kidding, he ducked underneath the, uh, the, the army crawled across the floor and then got up just to figure out that he had another five minutes to wait. And I, was like, I love right. that dynamic of this is yeah. when people are listening, when you know that that they can see that oh that comic didn't prepare at all they just <laughs> yeah. like oh my god and they just jump and they just went right, right. you know oh, the same way as I'm doing right now he'll call my name and I'll just walk right. but then again Eric Meyer was sitting here and he yeah. was like hey guys I don't want to break away but I need to go look over my stuff yeah. and he was right. over there doing it and he kept Sorry. yelling at us he was yeah. like I should be over there <laughs> I don't want to do my homework That's so <laughs> funny yeah, I'm working with him in September I love Eric. Eric's amazing. At like some kind of Isla Morada. I keep saying it wrong. I, at first I was saying Isla Morada. No, it is Isla Morada. It is. I know. I oh, finally oh, got oh. it right. Yes. I've been saying it wrong. I've been like Isla Morada. I, I don't know how I've been I, saying it. Every way it was wrong. It's so like a one just, night thing? Yeah. It, uh, Dougie Almeida does oh, that. I know, oh, I know Doug. Yeah, he does a few different like, oh, okay. places. And that's Dougie one. Morada. That's beautiful. Eric's one of those down uh, there. Those headlines. Less us we close the show every once in a while. Like, he'll take off and I'll. Close the show. Like, yeah, you're really good at doing that for him. Yeah. Now you're like the only person that I've seen that's like match <laughs> the amazingness of what he does. Yeah, at the I end. learned a what lot. You do is an art at the end. But, like that's what. Yeah, last night when you're like, can you close? I'm like, you know what? I've seen you close the show, <laughs> <laughs> and I don't think I could get all that. <laughs> Eric, Eric's one of those few guys though, where like for me anyway, I don't even try to be funny after that. I'm just like, yep, uh, announcements. Like just go. Like you, I'm not gonna try to like match that. Like this is him and Robert Kelly. Robert Robert Kelly came in one time yes. and Robert Kelly killed so hard. I went up and I made some like Louis CK reference. that I looked like the illegitimate child of Louis CK and it fell flat. And I heard him laughing <laughs> behind me and he's just like, Oh my God. He goes, you, you ate it up there, kid. Oh, he was, he was made funny for like a week straight. It was so funny. Was like, oh God. <laughs> yeah. Nothing's funnier sometimes than seeing a comedian be on stage that you know is good and when they talk and then they wait for that laugh and nothing happens. Yeah, like yeah, sometimes yeah. that silence, yeah. for some reason, I don't know if it's because I'm sick in my head. No. I get such a giggle out of that. Like a it's deep like belly your laugh. It's fall but yeah. not like die. You know yes. what I mean? It's hilarious. Yes. Yeah. That's funny. Yes. Oh, God. That's my favorite part. I always remember in, in my acting training when I was an actor, of course, the audience is not supposed to be there, but they are there. But they're not to you. They're not right. supposed to be there. The you're you're in another world. Yeah. Right, you know? right, right, right. But you have to, you still have to hold for laughs and things, but it's a, it's, and, uh, and so the, the art was you can never play a laugh. Even though you know it's coming, you can't play it. It just has to happen. Right. And then you just have to kind of naturally let it, it's like, it's in, it's almost like it's in inside the back of your head somehow you know what yeah, i mean yeah, yeah. and uh so that was good for me as a comic to go if there's that moment where you're expecting a laugh and it doesn't get laugh to just roll on right. just like no yeah. i didn't <laughs> <laughs> like, anybody laugh like when you're like <laughs> no, when you do that handshake yes. and you pull your hand yeah. back like oh i wasn't trying to handshake no, I, I just i was just laugh who would try to go laugh with that <laughs> Piece of crap. <laughs> Smooth recovery. Oh, yeah. God. Uh, awesome. All right, I'm going to go to the restroom. Oh, okay. yeah, sure. You're fine. We're just going to keep going. So. You go. <laughs> but once again, this has been great. Modelo coming it. in and sitting that down. That was cool. That was cool. Uh -huh. I think we should incorporate that a little bit more. Like, 
have a couple guests. Let, that's what I said today about having. Yeah. Uh, I, I love for uh, comics just to drop in. That'd be great. You know, if there's a comic here, I'm gonna tell Marcella. If a comic walks in that door and we're doing podcasts, throw them back. Here. Get them back here. Yeah, you know. Plus, they get to watch the show too. It's awesome. You know. All right, go get them, Les. Here we go. that I travel around with whenever we go to a new town we find a skate park and we skate like all yes. day that's like our thing because it's cheap it's like five dollars and like you're yeah. freaking having a great time absolutely if it costs anything yeah there's it's a skate park right, right around the corner oh I know Chris told me about that he's like you should stay there one night and that's go to that because cool. he came here one weekend he was like he purposely stayed even though like he was pretty yeah. close he's like because I want to wake up the next day and freaking go to the skate park you did, did you go is it a decent one uh, here in town yeah Chris said Chris said it was great yeah Huh. Like, he told me I should actually stay overnight one night and do that. But I was like, I don't know, with the whole car thing. But Yeah. Yeah, in fact, uh, I, I, if I'm going to skate at a park, I go to Huntington Beach, and they just tripled the size of their skate park. The Vans uh, skate park Oh, I bet. Beach. Of course. Oh, of course. Just opened last week. Have you been to the Kona Skate Park in Jacksonville? That, that one's, no. like, super famous. No. You got if you ever do a room in St. Augustine or Jacksonville. The reason I'm talking to this microphone is because of podcast thing. That podcast thing. Oh. He's like he's like why does she keep yeah. leaning weirdly into like, the like, what is she doing right now? Uh, hey. I didn't know what was going on. Oh, that's right. I know you know he was looking at me so weird. I'm like you know what I should probably why explain. Like, like, like why does she keep leaning into that microphone? Like what's happening right now? Like I don't really know her that well. Like I thought she was normal, but now I'm like maybe she's not normal. She just loves talking. To she the just likes to like go up like a cat and like rub my face against a microphone. <laughs> But yeah, Kona Skate Park's like uber famous. So there used to be some good comedy clubs in Jacksonville, not so much anymore. But yeah, like that's a park. Really? That's a park to hit. Uh, uber famous. I know you don't know. You don't skate, but he skates. I'm talking about. I never about. was good at it. No. You don't have to be great at it, but you can. I mean, that's how you get good at it. It's by going. I, think I was too tall. I never. I never was too tall. Of gravity. You know what I mean? So. That's a horrible excuse. <laughs> it's an excuse for sure. It's, it's more of a fear of, of falling. Yeah. That's what I'm terrible at. Absolutely. I'm gonna brush my hair before the show. It's funny when I work. With, I just I worked with Jamie Kennedy like three oh, weeks yeah. ago, and he's like, "You brush your hair a lot." I'm like, "Shut up." <laughs> I'm like, "Mind your business." It's because I'm at a comedy. I like I have to go on the stage. People judge me if my hair is awry. That's, yeah, I know it. I know it. They would be like, "That girl was pretty funny, but her hair was awry." <laughs> <laughs> awry. I don't, I don't even think know. anybody would ever say your hair was awry. <laughs> Unless we were in parts of England. <laughs> yeah, right. That was awry. Well, 
All right, now I'm gonna powder my nose. I get, I never do this and suffer when I'm going on stage. I just feel like sometimes people are like, God, that girl's high maintenance. I'm like, no, I do this. <laughs> I mean, I put makeup on in the morning, well, like a normal human so being. I, but, but, you know, nah. that works. <laughs> oh my God. I'm next to go up there. Yeah. Have I thought about what I'm gonna do? Yeah, have you prepared at all? You need to prepare? Um, no, I'm pretty much, you know, just going to do the tried and true. I'm not going to experiment this weekend. You know what I mean? Like when you're new to like doing a thing at a club, you don't want to be like, hey, here's my new stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Let's take some risks. Because yeah. I actually have like five new bits that I really want to try. That's like that's, you know, in the oven getting ready to be taken out. But I'm not going to do it. It was tempting, but I'm not. And yeah, wait for Sunday. That's yeah, that's maybe. Is that what Sunday's for? That's what I think. Yeah. Here? No, see, I don't. I won't take any risks this weekend. I'm, yeah. you know, it's one of those things. And plus, I've had some pretty bad luck. I, I, I mentioned the car thing earlier. My car broke yesterday. Yeah. On the way here, like the check engine light came on. I started acting weird the day before a little bit. Then the check engine light, and then I called up my mom, and I was like, Mom. You know what? Because my mom's not using her car because she's <laughs> legally blind, but she won't oh, accept wow. it. So she yeah. keeps the car because one day she might drive it, but she keeps it at my uncle's house. So I had to go to my mom's, get the keys, go to my uncle's house. And I was like, I got here later than I normally would. Right. I was freaking out, though. Like, I was like, oh, my Lord. And I had to go to the dentist tomorrow. Like, so, like, I got the dentist and the mechanic, which is, like, the two big things You're where they try it. to take all your money. Yeah, you know what I mean? <laughs> when you go, they're like, hey, you know what? This was $1,200. Yeah. Like, whenever you go to the mechanic or the dentist, I feel like everything's always $1,200. That's funny. One of my students, I teach martial arts. One of my students punched what me. What do you teach? Um, Taekwondo and kickboxing. I, Every, a bunch of stuff like jujitsu and stuff but one of my uh little like one of my seven-year-old kids punched me in the face because they do this thing where they turn around and they wrap up your hands and then they pretend to hit you in the face but sometimes pretend doesn't work out and the kid got me yeah. just right and he he like made my tooth like oh really get trauma so now i gotta get a root canal <laughs> oh, <geez>. <laughs> yeah so like, Send like the luckily bill. the tooth's <laughs> yeah. not least, yeah the the dentist like well you know because i was like eh, how important mm. <laughs> yeah yeah, I was like a seven. She's like, you should sue the kid. I'm like, yeah, let me have all your Legos. <laughs> <laughs> like, I'm like, it's okay. It's a part of the job. I've never been injured before. You know, I think as you get older, you get more prone, more breakable. You know, cause, yeah, of course, because I'm course. 35. And like now I realize like sometimes I'm like, oh, my my knee hurts. It's going to be cold. It's going <laughs> to rain later. You know, 35. <laughs> you're getting that well, already. But, but I have an athlete's body. You know what I mean? Because I've been doing martial arts since I was like six. So, you know what I mean? You do something yeah. enough that you see how baseball players and stuff start to fall apart. Sure. I think that's what's happening to yeah. me. <laughs> All my years of skating and tennis and soccer and everything, you work those joints forever. Yeah. You're going to suffer. I don't care if you're a yeah. major league player or you're just an average athlete. It's going to open yourself up to uh, injury and pain. Yeah, my knees definitely. When I lived in England and it would snow – my uh my one knee actually didn't work basically for like four so months you did live in I, england I that's did. why you say awry yeah i didn't live in england they all said your hair was awry in england <laughs> i like oh, your hair that. look at that look look at that little look american girl but i had my leg in like a brace and everything so i'm like oh man i have to live in florida I'm going to go back <laughs> That's so, I, so I can walk. <laughs> It'll be nice to be Just able to flat walk. Land. Yeah, no, no hills. Or no and I was like 27, 26 then. So yeah. 
Who knows now? I should probably start listening for. Oh God! I just like click the mic. Nine minutes. In theory. You think? In theory. In theory. Yeah. You never know. I think he's been up for about ten. Yeah. He's gonna do like twenty. There's some water back. There's a water cooler right around the corner. Yeah. Oh, you mean like water, water? No, because here's my thing. I think what's the origin of the cups? How were the cups cared for before I put it? Did someone just go, oh, and then they put it back? Like, I worry about the cups a little bit. Like, if there are paper cups, I feel like... Paper is it cups? Weird? And no, weird? not weird that? at all. I feel the same exact I like way. the origin. Like, when I was at uh, Side Splitters, like, three weeks ago, this li- the waitress came up. She's like, here's a piece of pizza. And I'm like, what's the origin of this pizza? How long has it been oh, sitting out? Like, I'm like, I'm like, I need to know. Well, it had meat on it. I don't know. I'm like, like you know, did someone touch it? And they're like, I don't want it. Now we're giving it to you. These are the things that happen in my brain. (laughs) Show me footage of this pizza. Yeah, (laughs) I want security footage. I want the origin story of anything that goes near my mouth. (laughs) That's a good point. Anything? (laughs) Everything. I have water in my bag. Oh, you can just fill it up. I'm counting cash. My cash is all awry. <laughs> Here's my tens. Here's my twenties. When I'm up there, you guys can talk to him. Oh, Lesson him the second you put your foot on that stage. Don't talk about me. It's all Tiffany, Barbie, all the time. <laughs> Side just jokes? open up. Just get dark right off the bat. <laughs> you can only go light from it. Do you not laugh at every joke? I'm gonna kill myself. <laughs> that was a joke. That was a joke. <laughs> I'm supposed to laugh. <laughs> Fuck. Usually less. Yeah, we usually don't uh, use a middle when I'm here because I always bring out all the gags. Because I, you know, I usually I do five thirty-minute shows, and they're all different. It's called like I'm looking forward to seeing your set. I'm like, not really your set because you have like a thousand sets. Is that weird? Just like being on the ship the whole time with people. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, you're. I don't want to say trapped, but you're. <laughs> you're. It's you're seeing these people for seven days. But you're you're not allowed to talk to them and hang out with them. Yeah, right? you can. Yeah, Because I heard like you're not allowed. Not to, like, able to fornicate. Oh. With the you can't have sex unless you brought a person. <laughs> right. But you're allowed to hang out and consult. Absolutely. Okay. Absolutely. I thought you weren't allowed to no, 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 no. Well, fraternize. <laughs> yeah. No, you can hang out and have a drink and, and do whatever. You can go on an excursion or whatever. How would they know if you go and you're not? 
Oh, they know. They There's know. cameras everywhere. Really? Yeah. So they're just watching people going in and out of your Correct. room and stuff? That's some weird stuff. Correct. Is there a reason for that? Lawsuits. Well, it was like that dirty dancing movie, remember? That was like the whole thing. He was supposed to be like with that baby girl, Johnny Castle. Did you guys watch Dirty Dancing? Sure, of course. It's a very famous movie. Of course, absolutely. But Patrick Swayze was not allowed to Of course, it was one of the customers. Yeah. Yeah. But he let the rich guys, the waiters, were allowed to talk to the girls, but they weren't. I don't know if they're allowed to. I don't know. I have to go back and watch it. I haven't seen that movie probably in yeah. When did that come out? 20 30 years. 4 going on? Oh no, these are kind words. And now gossip. Tiffany or Barbie. <laughs> it's Wendy Skipper. <laughs> hey, Bob Hope. Hello there, buddy. I tried. I tried. <laughs> so it's fun that Ron came in and we got him sitting down and chatting for a little while. I ran late. I, I looked at, I, I'm watching baseball because the Yankees were on first and the Dodgers were on. Mm-hmm. Right. And uh, I'm like, oh, it's only 535. And it didn't even register. I was looking at a six. And I'm like, oh, it's 635. <laughs> I'm like, it was, it was, uh, 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 the Dodgers had eight home runs and two innings. Oh, wow. Oh, oh, wow. They finished. It was like 12 to two. Remind me, we got the NCAAs. Uh, yeah. Uh, we're in the, the Sweet 16 and Florida State, because Pam's a Seminole. She's a Seminole. They uh, start, I believe, now. And they're playing Gazanga. Gazanga. Now there's Tennessee. That's one of them. Gazanga. That's one of those schools you go. Where the fuck is Gazanga? Where is that's Gazanga? Like a that's question. not even a. That's a sound effect. Wait a minute. Down here. There we go. Gazanga. Okay, FSU, you're in there tight for now. 
14 to 12. All right, I'm going to go. I'm going to go put an eye on her. Uh, we were talking, uh, if you want, and the Modell said that's fine with them. Either, uh, if you're in the coming on the house, either Saturday day or Sunday, we're doing the show at 5.30. So we'll be finished by 7 or come over to the house after the show on Sunday. That would be more fun, right? Yeah, we'd build a fire, a little fire pit, and have awesome. a little dinner, and hang out. That sounds awesome. I'll already be a free pack in a day, and then come over right after. Okay. Perfect.
song I could think of had the word fuck in it. Every song? Every song that I wanted to go out into the stage had like, like, come on, motherfucker, come on. And then, have a great set. And then my other song that I like that I do at the improv is, I don't fuck with you, you little stupid ass bitch. I don't know, for some reason I like that. Those songs. All my favorite songs have that word in it. So I got one for you. Oh, yay, I love that. STDs. Oh, yeah. You go, they all have STDs. Yeah. You, know, you know, STDs, seniors dragging testicles. Because you've already done, right, it's right I after your, right after your ball. That's hysterical. Seniors dragging testicles. That's hysterical. That's STT, though. Oh, it is. Yeah. Oh, seniors testicles dragging. Seniors testicles dragging. I think if I said. Senior testicles dragging. There you go. I'm sure if I said it the other way, you know they would still Because oh, yeah, yeah. I was like, that's so funny, I'm not even going to do math the and figure person. it out. Yeah. <laughs> like, then, then you do another joke about, I'm dyslexic. I'm dyslexic. <laughs> and it's like, senior, like, senior testicle <laughs> drag. I love that. Senior, anytime, I'll try that anytime I get an acronym, I always try to think of a bastardization. <laughs> I'm going to write that Because right. e- they're easy. Yeah. They're always, oh, you know, you know, STDs. And then you pull up. Yeah. You know, whatever. You can always usually come up with Something. It's just an easy gimmick. Oh, I'm going to use my eyeliner to write it out. That's how excited <laughs> I am about pins. this. No, I, have, I, have, I have a pen. I was just so excited about what you said, I grabbed the first thing that felt like a pen. <laughs> eyeliner. <laughs> write it on your face. <laughs> my pen. Good job. I was, you know, I was watching your show. I'm going to make some. I, I'm going to. I love sitting and making notes with anybody's that. show. You know, there is. I can I can guarantee you just watching as just I watch how your show your pacing there is at least four or five moments within your first five minutes where there's a laugh that you're not getting right you it's like you've you've set it you've set something up I can't say specifically right now I'll have to write them right. down but it's like where I go, I go, whatever you've said, I go, I, I go, 
the rhythm is like mm-hmm. there's a, there's a, there's there's going to be a punch there, right. and and it's in your explanation. It's just in your explanation. But I go, there could be something there. there right. could be, and sometimes I I can identify those points. But I can't specifically think of anything, but I can go, there's something there, there's something there, there's something there, you know, that, uh, that's just what, I mean, you could, I could just, I can hear it. I could just hear, I go, timing while you go, boom, boom, boom. And it's, it's it's in the pattern of how you're talking. Right, right. Now, I love that. Like, I'm one of those people, and I usually, I try to tell bookers or whatever, I'm like, if you hear something, I'm not ego at all like i want to know like if you can give me any thoughts or any critiquing i love that like i want that maybe it's because i'm a martial artist let me tell you something. i just love to be tweaked there's not a single comment that comes in here and i'm talking to headliners that you know are as established as that that i go up and go do you mind if do you, do you like a tag idea if i right. have something Nobody says no. Right, right. Yeah, <laughs> everybody everybody goes, well, yeah. Well, some people know? are super ego. Like, I mean, especially with critiquing. Like, adding a tag sometimes is fun. But, like, yeah, like, I want, like, you should, like, you know, any kind of critique. I just like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, uh, just because I know I know I don't know everything. Mm-hmm. I know that I'm not perfect or even really good at this. I'm good yeah. enough to be getting regular work, but I know that I could be better. And well, if I don't get critiqued, I won't get better. It's just would, like at school. The thing that I give you, Mike, you know, uh, especially comics that are at that opening middle level that I hear that's the difference between the headliner is that they're getting more, they're going for more attempts at a laugh mm-hmm. per minute right. than, than you are. Right. You know what I mean? They're, sure. they're, they really are. And, and that's the reason that, you know, and I mean, it's, we all know it. You go, you can walk out there, any, any middle act can walk there and have a great set and have a great set. But a good headliner within 10 minutes will take right. the level of the laughter and everything up higher. I know I've had middle acts that have gone, I'm ready to headline. And mm-hmm. I go, I don't think, not here, you're not. Right. And I'll right, go, right, right. and they'll go, I think I am. And I go, here's what we're going to do tomorrow. <laughs> we're going to tape your set. And then we're going to tape the first 10 minutes of the headliner. And I want you to listen to the volume of the laughter. Absolutely. Where yours is and where theirs is. I go, it'll be noticeable. Right. It'll be as if we turn the volume up. Right. And I go, but that's what you're shooting for. You need right. to get there. You know, it's not that you're not good. You are doing good. Right. But to get to that level. It's not that level well, just you're just not there yet yeah nothing wrong with that See, either. Just, no no you haven't developed your you're yet. in there you're in there and this is what i've noticed do you notice that the newer people that started like the last three years or so all think they're ready to headline they're all they're all in a race i emceed for a long time before i featured oh yeah i've been featuring for a while i have no visions i mean I, someone asked me to do like a headlining thing at their bar and i could do it but i was like i always say no a lot of times and stuff because i'm like i don't want to do that i'm not ready i want people to be like i wish she stayed up there longer oh yeah as opposed to she could have gotten off yeah you the, know what i mean i i want to be really good at it i just right. know i'm happy at this feature well, level like the there's so many levels the only it. time to take a gig like that is because you go well it's a one-nighter right it, it's not gonna affect me however it goes as far as career-wise and it just gives me a chance to work out longer but 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 yeah i mean it, it the thing is there i want somebody this when you're 
when you're, I mean, I remember personally, opening act, when you finally got to where I'm being hired as an opening act, and that, you know, that back in the day, you know, and still I think close, your opening act is your 20, 25-minute act, mm-hmm. and then your middle is 30 to 35, and your headliner was 45 to oh, an wow. hour. Okay. That's the way every show was, okay? Yeah. So to become the opening act, the host, you had to be able to handle 25 minutes. And so you finally get to the point where you get hired, and you're doing that. And usually by the time you're doing that, you're pretty you're in a comfort zone for that. You know, moving from there to middle was not a big deal. It was just a little more time. Yeah. You know, which after a year, so the thing it is, you you have at least usually at least two cycles of going through your clubs right. before you're even getting offered to go to middle. So that's a couple years. Right. So that by the time you're getting offered to go to middle. Yeah, you definitely got the 35 minutes. You've been working, you know, you're, and you're very confident with it. I remember moving from opener to middle was no big deal. I mean, like, right. then moving to headliner. In my mind, I thought, oh, it'll be the same. Just, you know, I just now I just need 45 to 50. I'm already at 35. I'm confident. I've been doing right. this for this many years, da, 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 da. Man, that first year out there headlining, it was like it didn't hit me until I was in it, and then I realized if the whole show sucks in front of me, I have to save the evening. Right. Yeah. If the whole show in front of me absolutely rocks, I have to take it to another level above. Not the same. I have to be above everybody else. And, and more time. It's it's it. You're the you're it. It's like everybody else can have a bad night. Right. You cannot. Yes, all the pressures on you. You cannot have a bad night. Right. You're yeah, yeah. it. Yeah. And 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 it's and I remember sitting there at first watching both situations, watching an opener walk up there that was great, and then the middle came up and just killed, and I'm going, whoa. <laughs> I hope I'm, you know, but that was better. Right, right. It was better than when you're sitting there watching everybody tank. eat it, yeah. tank, and go, I can't tank. Yeah, you can't. Right. I cannot. Right. I cannot tank, you know. And so the pressure going to headliner was, to me, a lot more than than any other the the rest of the stages were they just kind of flowed gradual but right. headliner headliner was definitely because you're the deal yeah. you know you're it and uh you know and i think at that level it just you get into a comfort zone but then you you know it's you get on the tonight show or uh, yeah pressure well, the, well there's different levels i think too like there's minor leagues, I almost feel like, and major leagues. Yes. So, like, the road comedians, like, let's say like, the Chris Gorge is the guy that I travel with, and, yep. like, Bull and them, they can headline at, like, some certain yes. clubs, but they're, like, minor leagues. And then you get people like uh, D.L. Hughley and Jamie Kennedy and all those guys. Those are major league yes, players. That's a it's like uh, yeah, That's right. That's right. And, and, uh, and you know, like, getting to that – getting and now it's like getting hired at all, just getting hired at all. Yeah. You go, once again – most most a clubs only have about 20 weeks right. t- maybe half the year max 25 yeah. max that are available to road the tour and road acts yes. right, right, right. you know what i mean 
So 25 slots. Yeah. And you know how many comics are out there. And they're good. There's that. I mean, you go, there's a thousand good comics out there, you know, that are good. And you go, somehow I got to shake out, you know, of this situation. But I think one of the big ways you do it now is, is that you get really good in your region. Right. You know, in your area, yeah. you you get really good and dependable and solid, and then the club owners themselves are the ones that Come to you can well they can open the doors for you into other places. Oh, you know, I mean, you're much more likely. Like Eric Meyer was like, I can't get into the club in Chattanooga, and I go, I'll get you in the club in Chattanooga. Nice. You know what I mean? Right, right, right. Because he can he can beat his head against the wall trying to get to Michael right. Alfano. But I'll call Michael and we'll chitter chat and I'll just go. I just had this guy Eric Meyer and he'll kill in your room. He's awesome. I bet him, you know, da, da, da. I'm just telling you, book him. Yeah. And he's like, okay. Yeah. You know, and Mark Ridley's going to do the same thing mm-hmm. up in Detroit. But, you know, we're club owners. Right. And, 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 and I'm not going to say to a club owner, book somebody that I don't feel 100% sure right. that they're going to go in there and not just do a good job that that club owner is going to call me and go thank you wow right, yeah. yeah you know man You're vouching for them yeah it's your credibility but, i mean that way. part uh, everybody i've sent to somebody has become a regular part of their schedule right. you know what i mean That's you know awesome. but uh yeah because man it's just a numbers game you know it's a it's a numbers game now yeah i think i'm in a spot now with my comedy where i'm comfortable on stage yeah and i love i love what i do like i feel so honored that i get paid to tell jokes on oh, stage yeah. like how wonderful is that and i yeah. work a lot i do work almost every weekend i would actually like to take a nap every now and then mm. but <laughs> but you know i am working a lot and i love it but so i'm comfortable on stage and but i'm still trying to find my voice until sure. like i i have like a like an order of which I do things so you can kind of find the storyline that's mm-hmm. happening mm-hmm. and I'm connecting with the audience. I feel like I'm likable and I feel like I'm amusing them and mm-hmm. I'm making big laughs happen. But yeah, I'm working on, like you said, on the, the getting, getting it down, finding my voice, getting down the beat. You know, the finding the voice to me, it kind of finds itself. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's confidence. It's all in your confidence. When you get to the point where you walk out there and go, I'm not worried about how I'm gonna do. I'm commanding this room. I'm in charge of this group when I get up there and I fully know it, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? And that's just a lot of shows, a right. lot, a lot of shows. But when you get there, it's hard to have a voice until you're there. Right. Because otherwise you're always a slight bit tentative. You're a slight bit of I hope they like me. I hope this works. I hope this goes well. That went well. Good. Okay. Cool. So you're kind of like, okay, that's good. That's good. And even on your your best shows, you're like, you're kind of like, there's always that thing of, that went well. Good. Okay. Good. So there's that thing of you're you're kind of monitoring yourself a little bit. Uh, good. Okay. All right. Hmm. You know, kind of a deal. Rather than walking up there and going. That's not even in my head. <laughs> I am rocking this place, and and if and if I don't, I don't. Yeah. Right, right. You know what I mean? I know those shows can happen. We all know those shows can happen to anybody at any point of your career. Yeah. It, you can get an audience you just don't connect with, but still, you walk out there and you go, "I'm big. I'm in charge. Totally. 
the whole time, no matter whatever happens. I am totally in charge. And everything I'm delivering, everything I deliver is with that confidence, is with that ballsy, yeah. you love me and you know you do. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I love and that. you just really, until you get there, I just, it's, I, it's tough to find a voice because you're not, you can't be committed 100% because you, you're not there, you know? And, and, and that, that's where I go, I just think your voice finds you because you get to that point. And then when you get to that point, then there's like that year or so that goes by where it just gets stronger and stronger and stronger. Right. You get more confident, more confident, more confident. Then you are more and more and more Tiffany, mm -hmm. less yeah, Mike. You're, you're you. You are you, you, yeah. and you're, you, you know, and you're just rock solid in it, you know, but takes it takes time. time. It yeah, does. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tell people, I go, they go, how long? I said, I think from what I've seen, I've seen people headline in less than 10 years. I've seen people headline in five or six years, but mm, that's the. Yeah, like JB Ball and I started at the same, around the same yeah. time. I think you might've started a little bit after, mm -hmm. but yeah, he, like there's some guys that charge ahead, like him and Cam Bertrand. They, they, they've there's definitely. They're, n they're not, the, but like, now like, see, I wouldn't, I wouldn't headline Cam. Here. No. Yeah, JB, we co-headlined. Yeah. And then he moved on up. He moved kind of quick. Shane Moss moved quick. Sinbad moved the fastest of anybody I've really? ever seen. He was so incredibly charming on stage that he just, he just, and plus he's, you know, he's six foot six and he's good looking <laughs> and he's just, you know, he's just big and he's just the sweetest. He just had that he's charm. Fun. He's, so he's fun. fun. Like he's he really fun. Is. And fun. even he was winning over audiences without material. Yeah. You know, yeah. he was just so, yeah. just so charming and charismatic. But, um, but you know, I think it takes ten years. Yeah. I think to be a headliner and a solid, solid headliner. So if you think about that, same amount of time as it takes to get a PhD. Right. Yeah, that totally makes sense. Ten years. Well, the master, the, the master thing. Have you read that? Where it's like, a, it's ten thousand hours. Right. It's about the same thing. Ten thousand right. hours. Right. Ten thousand. Ten thousand of anything. Yeah, to be a master. But you figure, what, it's six, four years to get your degree, two yeah. more years to get your master's degree, and then I usually at least another two to four to get your doctorate. You know? And, and to your point, mm -hmm. comedy's that way. It seems like people are rushing that. Yeah, like they're they trying are. trying to speed that up because well, they're that's like, how kids are now. Millennials nowadays. now. You don't want to work for anything. Yeah. yeah. Kids do that. Like, I, I teach mm. martial arts, yeah. and I'll get kids, when do I get my next belt? When do I get my. I'm like, you. Let it summer. Yeah. Like you gotta be. Yeah. You're not gonna just get a black belt tomorrow. But the, this new generation, and even the kids that are in their like early twenties, they're in a rush. Well, I don't know why. The, 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 it doesn't matter. You can be in a rush as much as you want, and when all you're gonna do is you're gonna convince yourself that you're a headliner, mm -hmm. but you're not. Yeah. And when you're not, you're not. You can't just be a headliner no. because you can stand on the stage for 50 minutes and talk. Right. No, no. And, and, you know, there's a bunch of those acts that go, I've done 50 minutes. I go, yeah, talking. Yeah. Right, right. Talking. But where have you headlined? Yeah, exactly. Moe's Bar and Grill? Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You, you know, 10 of those. I mean, you know, of course, you, of course yeah. you're not a headliner. Exactly. You know? Yeah. I, I, I've heard – we've had – I've had so many there for a little while. I started because we mostly use for middles the people that live within right. four hours of here because we have a wealth of people that live four hours Twice. here to cover those spots. 
and I don't mind it's I don't mind having a middle twice a year, maybe even three times a year. And so so I was like, ah, let's get some new blood in here. So I started booking out of town middles for a couple of years. I don't think I repeated any of them. Really? And wow, these people yeah. had really good resumes. You know, they work for the comedy zones or in, and some A clubs here and there, or they're out of a region and they're working. Every, and I'm like, they walk up there, I'm watching their set, and I go, they're doing the 20 minutes, 25 minutes I'm asking them to do. They only have 10 minutes of material. Oh, real material like so real tried and true and doing like, they're right. doing material well, but it doesn't work it, it's yeah. not there's no consistency it's funny at you all say that because i feel like sometimes the headliners that are big celebrities they'll bring a feature with them and i've seen that and the feature only does like 15 minutes and i mean i know that's what i'm doing but like uh, to be a feature and travel on you think oh you're gonna be doing a lot of time because normally we do 25 mm-hmm. a lot of times and um, yeah, like and I was like, wow, that's all you're gonna do? Yeah, that's about all the material I have. I'm like, really? And you're like going around with a freaking celebrity? Like, what? Where is that sign up sheet? Not that I would do that, because again, I'm one of those people that are like, I don't want to go ahead of myself. But still, I'm like, that. How because, is that happening? Because you are basing yourself out of a club in New York or LA where does. celebrities work all the time. Right. And what you've been smart enough to do is that. Whenever you get on stage, you're consistent. And remember, in L.A. and New York, you only do 10, 15 minutes. I know, yeah. That's all the sets. You're that's right. all the time they give you. So you're consistent. You do well. You do well. You're always solid. And you hang out. And you, you meet the headliners. Right. You meet them. And you just meet them. You just, you're, just, you're not pushing anything. You're just one of the – but you're meeting and you're, you're, you know, you're trying to get to be friends, I mean, in a true basis. Yeah. And if I'm a headliner and I can pick who tours with me, I want somebody I like. Right. Yeah. That I like right. to hang out with right, that, right. that yeah. can do a, a solid job. I know what they're going to do. They're consistent. Right. Their stuff does not step on my stuff at all. It sets me up well, you know. Perfect. They help me with my merch. That's a big thing I noticed, too, that they have them do all that's the merch right. stuff for them. That's right. You know, and, you know, that's it. That's it. And That's great. Yeah. You know, that's, uh, I mean, that, it's a, I mean, hooking up with a, with a headliner, because let me tell you, it doesn't take a celebrity. Almost any headliner that, that I book that says, hey, I've got a middle that I'd like to bring, it's rare that we don't say okay. Right. Well. You know. I have to say, well, I mean, you know Chris Gorgeous. Yes. So him and I were doing the podcast together that we Uh did, and I noticed he was only headlining, like he was only going out and doing shows like maybe once a month, not even, Uh because he was busy with his family and stuff, but I was like, dude, you're so good. And he's like, yeah, I just, they don't really know who I am, so I'm like, I know how to do business stuff. I'm like, I'll email bookers for you, I'll do all this stuff, but let me feature for you. And that's really what kind of got me out featuring sure. and regularly and stuff. But I would email the bonkers bookers. I I do all a lot of his emails mm-hmm. for him. But that helped me. So I sometimes I tell that to like the people that want to be featured and stuff. I'm like get a headliner and help him. If yeah. you help, him, I help Chris. I helped Chris design. I was like, you need T-shirts because like I'm friends with Orny Adams, like I told uh-huh. you earlier. And I knew from hanging out with him and helping him with his merch. I'm like, you need T-shirts. You need this. You need that. So I kind of tried to set up Chris with all that. But it really helped me because there's another comedian um, who was like, oh, he should pay you. I'm like, I'm getting plenty of payment from right. this. You know, I'm getting opportunities and meeting. And now I get booked at the clubs without Chris a lot right. sometimes. You know what I mean? That's right. I got the connection. So I was like. You know, so for these guys with a celebrity, that's a whole different level with it, obviously. Absolutely. But Absolutely. it really helps to link up 
with a headliner that you know is good that delivers because Chris does deliver and yeah. yeah I mean you don't want to get a headliner that you don't think is good because then it's like hard to be like oh my headliner's really good no 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 <laughs> yeah you no you want somebody you admire right you yeah, know that you learn from yeah them. that yeah. you that you go man I that you look up to and admire you like admire their show and what they do but no I mean we've talked about that as club owners that nowadays that's the way you get into mm-hmm. clubs you either get you either you either it's because you're in that region, so they're seeing you all the time, right. or it's a reference from a club owner mm-hmm. from your region that's respected, or a comedian. A, a comedian picks you up and goes, shoot, I, I love what you're doing, and, and I like hanging out with you. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah, because we go to skate parks. And- yeah, and sometimes you're out. Sometimes you have a hotel room, but sometimes you have a condo. Right. Well, I got to live with this person right. for five days right. you know what i mean well, i don't want to i want i don't want any surprises right. <laughs> just I'm soon like, be you with you like you don't seem stinky that was my i'm like i'm like you don't seem stinky and you don't seem creepy so i guess <laughs> i'm like I, I don't know if you're gonna be taking your shoes off in the car i want a pleasant smell to happen okay? <laughs> <Right. laughs> there you go absolutely i remember uh, dean dean napolitano uh-huh he came in the New Year's stuff, and I, you threw me up on stage with the as the waiter. Remember, I came up. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He did. That was bizarre, by the way. Um, uh-huh. I did I my thing, him. and he comes up and he's like, "Oh, that was fun." And, and me and him started hitting off, and we hung out like a whole week, basically. And then he's like, "Yo, um, you should come in. I'll, I'll next time I do a show myself, I, I'd love to have you on. All this stuff." And he goes, "You can do like a solid 30, right?" And I looked at him, and I was like, "I could do 20 soft." You know what I mean? And like, I was just honest with him. And he goes, "He goes, you know what, kid? Just for being honest with me, he's like, I like you even more now." He's like, "I'm glad you try to blow smoke up my ass." I'm like, "Oh yeah, I can do 45 easily, bro. I'm a headliner." And he's no. like, "Don't be an asshole." No. He's like, Good job. "Always tell the truth." He's truthful. Yeah, that's what I did. I was like, "I can do 20 maybe." You're- Years ago, when Amy Schumer won, uh, uh, came in in the top five of last comic stand, she didn't win it. She came in yeah. top five, right? Right. So, and it was first or second season, I remember. It was something like that. So, we were all watching it. And, and I just fell in love with her. I, but not her stage act, off stage. Right. It was I've her off stage was where I go, she's funnier off stage than she is on stage that's because she hadn't found her voice yet that's because and why you haven't gotten to the confidence to where you can stand up there and just be because you're naked when you're you you know and she hadn't gotten there but i go that girl's good and so and so uh, and i knew she could sell tickets because she got in that top five i think she was the only female you know and she had that same as she does now, that sarcastic, you know, thing yeah. about her. And she was pretty. And so I booked her. So I had a couple of club owners call me and said, I saw you have Amy. Uh, Amy. She, she can't do more than 20, 25 minutes. Oh. And she just doesn't have it. She's only been doing it for three or four years. Yeah. So I said, I don't care. I said, I, I'm, I'll work. So I'll, what I'll do is, is I'll do 30. I'll put a middle in to do 30. Let her do 30. We'll do 30, 30, wow. 30. And it'll be fine. And she'll. So I picked her up at the airport. And we exchanged our little pleasantries. And I said, hey, Amy, when I ask you this, I, want, I, I just I, I, want us to, I want us to get off on the right foot. And I want you to have a great time here. I don't want you trying to do something that you're not prepared to do how much time are you really, really comfortable doing? And she said, 25. I mean, she had no bones about it. She, wow, said, yeah. she said, 
about 25 minutes. I go, cool, just do your 25. And, and I mean, if that rolls to 30 and you're having fun with the crowd, obviously. But I said, I don't want you trying to cover time. Yeah. I want you to go. And I said, you're hilarious. And you're going to one day figure out how to be as hilarious as you are on stage. You, you ain't, you hadn't quite figured that out yet. But that's what I told her. I said, you're just funny. You're just a funny person. And she so, has a good eye. Oh, yeah. So then she, I said, you ever done improv before? She goes, nope. I said, uh, would you? She said, yeah, I'll do whatever. Because yeah, you can imagine, she's just like, yeah, fuck it, I'll do it. You'll do it. You'll do it, old man. I'll do it if you'll do it. Yeah, exactly. I said, it's easy, Amy. We'll do a fill in the blank. We just get into a scene. We get words from the crowd. We throw them in when we're in our, in our scene, and we just do a scene. And then we do another one where we tell a story, and we just swap it back and forth and tell a story. She's like, all over it. I said, okay. She went up. She did her 25. Me and her did two improvs. Both of them would always last about 10 minutes each. Perfect set, Love killed it. every time. Nice. We wow. had a blast. Came in the second time, we did the same thing. Third time she came in, I pick her up and she goes, Hey, Les, I got it. <laughs> I got it. I said, But I like doing the improv. She goes, I know you do, but I got it. And she did, you know. It's such a great story. Uh, and Amy Amy always out of out of the you know uh, I think she came in the full week or maybe she just a weekend, but she'd do five or six shows. Yeah. She'd always have one bad show. Yeah. Only one. Always. But she'd always get up there and was it she like a early show or a late show? It could be, it was matter? hard to tell. Wow, okay. She would get one crowd and she would walk up there, you know, and it was just one of those with the way she is yeah, yeah. and she's a woman and she's ballsy yeah. and it just would rub rub that crowd the wrong way. Right, right. And she right off the bat. And of course her being her she doesn't back off. No, no. And she doesn't back off. It's like I rubbed you the wrong way. She would she would comment she would comment on something along the lines, Oh, it looks like we've gotten off on a bad foot. Well this is gonna get extremely worse <laughs> unless you guys loosen the fuck up. You know what I mean? I mean and and she doesn't back off. You know, she had found her voice, and that's that point where you can have a you'll have a bad show. Sometimes somebody at that level because she they audience and she goes i'm 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 not changing yeah. <laughs> right. well it's that celebrity voice you talked about you can't be branded you can't be a celebrity if you're not consistent yeah. you have to be consistent and that's the hardest thing i think about that celebrities go through to become a celebrity is that you have to be dedicated to that show and if you get an audience it doesn't click with you're just going to have a bad show because you're going, I ain't telling right. jokes now for 30 minutes. I mean, I'm doing this because I'm trying to find my crowd. If you're not my crowd, right. you'll never come see me again. I want to make sure you never come see me again. You know what I mean? I want right. to make 100% sure because I'm looking for my people, you sense. know, and, and that's it. It's bought, it's, but it takes a lot more guts to do that because yeah, you're going to have, especially when you're developing – you're going to have some shows where you're going, in the first five minutes, you go, this is going to be a rough fucking 30 minutes. Yeah. 
You already know it. It's going to be a long 30 minutes. It's going to be a long 30, <laughs> but you're going, but I got to stick to my guns yeah. and hope maybe I'll get them somewhere along the lines, but oh, that can be rough, you yeah. know, but that's what you got to do to be a celebrity, yeah. in my opinion, you know. I think that's really cool. Yeah. That's like one reason kind of to become a celebrity. I actually, I really like how like, what I say to someone the other day, because I, I have a lot of little eccentric stuff that I do you know what I mean that kind of like I Perel a lot in different I don't you know I mean, although that shouldn't be that you but per, you do well Perel like hand oh, sanitizer hand and <laughs> just like the, you know little things that I do but I was like Howie Mandel doesn't like to have his hand shake right. like he's like to be touched I'm like when I can get to that point where like people are like that's just how that person is yeah, like that rude. that's where why it's worth being a celebrity is that kind of thing you know people kind of let you do your deal like, yes. you're so important that you get to do your deal. Yes. Well, and once you've developed your audience, <laughs> once you've developed your audience, you do get to do your yeah, deal. you get to do your deal. Because they know, they know exactly what you're going to do. Yeah. There's no, there's no right. guesswork to it. You go, yeah. when you go see a celebrity, you're not wondering what their show's going to be right. like. Yeah, you, you know. You know what their yeah. show's going to be them. like. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like, well, as an example, again, with Amy, when she came to Tampa a little while back, and she oh, made some right. statement about Tampa. You know, oh. she slammed Tampa a little bit, you know. And they got all offended. I know. And I was like, does any fucking body here watch her show? I, <laughs> I mean, that, that was... The youth, it was coming. It was coming. Of course. Yeah. It's, uh, it's her. It's her. You know, I mean, you shitting me? How are you surprised? Yeah, don't be surprised. By exactly. That. How are you she's surprised? A, she's from Florida, right? Amy? No, she's New York. She's New York, New York oh, yeah, I think. she's definitely New York, York girl. York, I mean, yeah. I'm not 100, percent but I'm no, no, because I, I, like I think I think it's new. Because I think the story is her family and I, she's oh, tough. Yeah. Were very were well to do growing up, and then her dad got really sick. He got like I don't know multiple sclerosis or something. Oh, he wow, got yeah. really sick, and he was the one making all the money. And they went from oh. Long Island living in the big house to, right, right, you know, right. just living month to month kind of It's like of the thing. opposite of the Beverly Hillbillies. Yeah. Like the, the reverse. She's got some kind of story like that, wow. you know. But I think I think Chuck Schumer is, is like her uncle or yeah. something like that. I, heard, I believe related. I believe. I heard something that she went to the same, like, Hebrew school as Jeff Ross or something like that. I could be. They all, like, she just... Kind of grew up in that comedy field a little bit. But. Yeah, it's very cool. Did you see that uh, guy? Did you? Well, you were back here. Did you see that guy that was eating on the stage? That was hilarious. I had to comment on it. This guy actually got like nachos. He put them on the and stage. put it on the stage oh. and was eating. And I was like, that I used had to piss me I, off as security. I would, I would I was, get so mad I was at like, that. At, at what age do? At what age did you like turn that you decided I don't care? Like, yeah. <laughs> like I'm gonna put my food. I'm rude. gonna do whatever I want. Yeah. Like this has to be like a sixty-something-year-old guy I'd, thing. When all of a sudden you decide to do that. When I was like, here, you got people put buckets of beer on the stage and just like grab right from. I'm watching less like, like I kind of like he's not gonna like address as he absolutely has to. So I have to go over there and be like, hey man, get the fucking beer off the stage yeah. dickhead that's what he did he put his drink on the stage yeah. and, and, and his food I, just, I thought it was funny but I was just like what's happening I have to what's no. happening right now no yeah <laughs> security is a weird thing to do here I mean it's I like because we, we we really do make sure that if you're an asshole you're getting the fuck out like you're not gonna ruin the show for anybody else that's, <laughs> that's my favorite part I had uh, 
I think Chris was in the show. I can't remember. Someone was in the show, and they wanted me to take pictures of them while they're on stage. So I was in the back taking pictures, yeah. and th- there was no audience behind me. But I was, in the, and one of the security guys came up, and he was like, "You can't take pictures." I was like, "Oh, but I'm doing it for him." He's like, mm. "Like he was super suspicious yeah. about it." I'm like, "No, I'm friends with I've him." I've had that before. Don't yeah. worry. <laughs> Uh, well, it's so it's so funny. Like they always have like Chuck Schumer is oh, he's Amy it. Schumer's father's cousin. Oh. Wow. So they are related. Okay. She gets a Christmas card, basically. What? She gets a Christmas card every once in a while, at least. So. She's probably been in the White House more than he has. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's so funny. When's the last time you went in the White House, Uncle Chuck? <laughs> <laughs> See, I have uh, this one like. Like, my grandma married into, like, a hillbilly side of the family, which my great-grandma was always so upset about. But I have this one lady named Doretta who comes to comedy shows, like, out when we do shows in Ocala. And she's like, Tiffany's my cousin. Tiffany's my cousin. I'm like, I've seen you, like, one time ever in my life. But she comes from that hillbilly side of the family. But she's... She, and she's told all the comedians, do you know Tiffany Barbie? All the comedians that go through there, do you know yeah. Tiffany Barbie? She's my cousin. Like she's and proud like, of you. She's I'll like, have, like, Adam Murray and stuff will text me, and he'll, yeah. be like, he'll be like, I met your cousin. I'm like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Mike Hurley, Dean Napolitano. So I'm talking to your cousin right now. I'm like, no. I'm like, she's not. She is my cousin, but not like we didn't eat Thanksgiving together. Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh, that's funny. Yeah, because she, she, I mean, she has, like, uh, what's the Joe Dirt? A mullet. She has like a mullet and everything. Like she's that ridiculous. Oh, wow. oh yeah, like sure. they're Jeez, goat farmers. Mullet, yeah. Like I mean, who is that? My my cousin. Just because we're talking about how like like kind of distant relatives. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. yeah, like so it's like my mom's cousin because my grandma married the hillbillies is what I was just telling him. Right. And like kind of brought this blood in. So this lady, she's got like a mullet and everything and she comes out to Ocala. I've seen, I've met her like one or two times in my whole life. She, Tiffany's my cousin. Tiffany's my cousin. She knows every comedian that travels through there, Dean Napolitano, all those guys and they'll text me and they'll be like, yeah, your cousin's time. I'm like, <laughs> like, she's not like, okay, she is my cousin but we've never had Thanksgiving together. We've never hung out before. I'm like, so I guess cousin but I'm like, please stop telling people that because she, Damn. I mean, it would be one thing, your you know, but she's <laughs> proud of you Tiffany she really oh, is geez. but she has a mullet and everything and I'm just like maybe you know. should do a mullet I guess yeah. Yeah, and meet up mullet. with I her I feel so bad but at the same time I'm like stop telling everybody either that or y'all need y'all need to spend the night one night and you have a hair night you know yeah exactly <laughs> Do God. girls do that anymore? A hair night? We just spend the night and we do each other's <laughs> hair and nails and shit. I would not like that. I'm not that kind of girl. Yeah. I'm not that kind of girl. My hair is I woke up like this. So you're working on like your left hook and everything. My, my nails are like yeah. short. <laughs> I am not a good girl. Yeah. Like I don't have hairspray. I don't have a blow dryer. Really? I don't have any. I don't have any kind of hair product. I just have a brush in my head. That's how it goes. That's all you need sometimes. That's all material for you. <laughs> See, that's what I said. There's so much stuff I could talk about, but it's so hard. It's almost one of those things where you're like kind of so overwhelmed and you have so many different uh-huh. things that you're like, I can't, I don't even know where to begin. Yeah. Right. And right. so I'm just kind of branching out. That's I what I've run into. Where I like Talking about you is good, though. Yeah. On yeah. stage. I mean, that, you know, enough to where the audience gets to know you, you know, or, or feels like they know you. I mean, just like when DL was in here, he did a lot of he did a lot of political stuff and this that, and the other. But it was a whole chunk of his show, about twenty minutes, that was D about DL. You know, yeah. his family, how he grew up, his kids, 
you know, and, and uh, you connect with them a little. You bit, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. That's when that part. That's when the show begins to to have that flavor of. There's parts of the show that are definitely presentational, but but and it really all is, and and for real. But it is neat when the show begins to seem to take on a conversation with the audience. Yeah, yeah. You, you're not wanting an exchange from them, and we've seen it. You've seen it too, probably. A com- I've seen comics get into that with an audience where the audience gets so relaxed with them that they begin Start talking to, to them. yes yeah. to talk to them and the comic almost and the comic has to at a point go <laughs> although see when Sinbad gets on stage because every one of his shows are are inherently different from the next it really is it's that's weird. great it's so crazy. because he creates a conversation with the audience yeah. he goes out. He opens and he does material, and then he picks a subject matter, maybe two, that are going to be the theme of the show. And he starts going into the audience, and it's not he's not picking on anybody. It's just, what yeah. do you think? What do you think? Have you I, ever done that? Have you ever done, you know? Is and he doing he, improv? And, at and that they point? start talking to him. Is he just doing improv? Like, is he just responding? Because it seems it's like he material. Is he has a wealth of material in his wealth head. Material. He's literally got hours of material in his head that he can draw from. So he's not just up there improvising. But he is allowing it to just flow. Yeah. You know what I mean? And within it, he's not dedicated to, I have to do it exactly this way yeah. every time. He goes, I can get to that punchline a few different ways. He does. He's amazing. You know what I mean? I can get there. really is. I know where it is, and I know how to get there, and I might take this path, and I might take that path, you know? But, but, I, but again, I'm talking about the guy that I think is one of the most underrated comics ever. Oh, ever. He sounds I, like. I it. think he is as brilliant as anybody. I don't. I really. I mean, I didn't. I didn't believe it until he came here the first time. I, I was like, I think I was two weeks into working here, and uh, I had to work one of his shows. I was doing security, and he comes out. He does two two hours, two hours flat himself, and to the point where you're where yep. Pam. Had to come on stage and be like, hey, we got another show. <laughs> like, you have to get off the fucking stage. And he made a quick joke about that. And he goes, all right, boss lady says something. And he goes up, runs off stage, comes back out, and does an additional two and a half hours a second show. And, like, I would have to say like, at least 70% of it was completely different, different. from the first show. And I was like, wow. who the fuck I've told this story that? a million times, but I go, went up. I hadn't seen him in years. So we all started together down here in Florida. He was one of the Florida comics. Yeah. We all started in this Tampa Bay area. and uh, But he was the guy that shook up the headliner way faster than anybody else. And But um, so I hadn't seen him in years. And, and, and by this point, he's famous, famous. I mean, yeah. you know, he's been on Cosby. He's had his own show. Mm-hmm. He's been in all the movies. Da-da-da-da-da. So I forget how we hook back up. But Linda Garcia, who actually is still our bookkeeper, Linda was his first uh, manager. She That's man- awesome. she she ran the first comedy club in Sarasota that I worked at. She was the manager, no shit. and then she fa- had a few comics that she was managing. You know how club owners or, or you know anyway. So she was close with him. So I find out that he's playing Pleasure Island at Disney. Which doesn't exist anymore, yeah, but you I remember, remember Pleasure Island, Pleasure Island nice. right? Disney, Disney Pleasure opened Island. up their bar area, right? Mm. So we find out. I call Linda. Linda gets in touch with him, and so we ride up there. 
So we're backstage, and, it, and me and Linda and just a couple other people and a famous uh, basketball player, NBA guy named Dominique Wilkins, a great, great basketball player, was with Simbat was one of his buddies. And so he, the show he was doing was in an amphitheater outdoors. So we already know how hard that is. Outdoor amphitheater, 5,000 people standing, standing in front. And these five, it's Disney. So it's five-year-old kids, teenagers, mom, pop, grandma, grandpa. I mean, there's the dynamic. And he did about an hour and 15 minutes, hour 20 minutes. And you're sitting there looking at the crowd. You're watching a five-year-old, six-year-old kid laughing hard, laughing at what he's doing, and so is the teenager, and so is Grandpa. Wow. It's amazing. It's wow. You're going, wow. And so he leaves the stage. He goes, he's got a second show. So, uh, and there was like an hour break uh, to let everybody leave and then let the next crowd come in. But it's just whoever's there. It's just open. If you're in the park, you can go. So about 15 minutes before the show starts, the stage manager comes back and said, I just want to let you know, nobody left. And now instead of 5,000 people, there's about 8,000 people out there. Yeah. But most of them stayed. They're here from the first. They stayed, right? And he goes, okay. And like I say, he walked back out to that stage, did an hour and a half, totally different. Wow. With kids. Wow. Yeah. With children. Wow. And made everybody laugh. And we were standing in the wings, the five or six of us. And we were going. There were three comics, Linda and Dominique. And we're going, what comedian can pull? Let's name the comedians that can pull off what he's doing right now. He sounds like he's better than Bill Cosby. Well, we said Cosby was the only one we could think of that could do it. Pull it off. We went, Robin Williams couldn't stay clean long enough. No. Uh, Billy Crystal could do it if he had an orchestra. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> if he had like a full orchestra, I think he could yeah. maybe do it. Yeah. But you're going, he's, he's, he stands on his own. There, there's who else is there? And that's how good that guy is. Unbelievable. And he's still that good. Wow. I think it's because he's so relatable. He, he, I, I, if everything works out, hopefully uh, it's about time for him to come back in the, uh, next year, you know, January. Anytime you get a chance to see him. Yeah, he, for real. As a comedian, it's, you want to watch. It's like you're coming him. in for the master And, so it, and yeah. if he has more than one show, you definitely want to watch him do multiple shows. Yeah, you'll see what That's I'm talking about. That's the thing oh, to see. Yeah. I'm so to see. Thoroughly entertaining all the way through. It's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Charm, charisma, stage presence. Confidence. I, I mean, that guy. I really do is, think though, it's because it's so man. relatable. Like, like, like you were saying, like the kids laughing, the, the the teenagers laughing, the moms laughing, the grandparents laughing. It's like I think they can all see him, like they all can put him put him in their lives somewhere. Like yeah. for me, he's like a like a like an uncle. He's trying to teach you shit. Yes, you dumbass. Come on, follow me. You freaking. You and know, the thing about it is, Cosby right. could do that. Yeah, and and he song. Cosby was his mentor. Yeah, you know that was who he. Oh. Cosby discovered him, put him on his show. Cos Bill Cosby was who was who was the guy that that put Sinbad on the map, you yeah. know. And and so he, you know, of course he. Uh, is that and, why he doesn't curse? Is that why he's? What's stays, that? Is that why he stays one hundred percent clean? 
I know you know Cosby what? Like you know that. what he told me? He goes, when I first started working, I wasn't clean. But then I realized, especially as a black comedian, uh-huh. there, other than Cosby, no black comedians are working clean. Right. So it, it, I'm just, if I'm not working clean, I'm yeah. just another I'm just another one of the guys out there right. doing kind That's of that smart. thing. And he goes, he goes, and I, I felt comfortable working clean. You know, I, I, I didn't feel uncomfortable. I, I was like, mo, most of my bits were not reliant on profanity to get the no. laugh, Never. you know. And he goes, and I really, he studied Cosby and, and, you know, and he goes, it was within my nature. Yeah, you know, to to be that way, and he goes, and I knew that's how I'd set myself apart, you know, and that's he did, amazing, yeah. he did, and that's what Cosby noticed about him. He's brilliant and he cleans, incredible, you yeah. know. And he really does have ADD. <laughs> like that's a big part of it. Yes, his ADD, like you can tell, his mind is just going. Oh God, yeah, everywhere, he's flying ever. He can't, he can't stop in one spot. Uh huh. Yeah, and he's a great guy. He's just a, a good human being. Yeah. You know? Well, that was funny. We were talking about the reality show. That he was doing, and like we need more drama. We need more. Oh like, yeah, horror. Like we need. He like, tried situation. to do a reality show about his family. They, you know, I mean, it was gonna. It was set. It was they were gonna follow his family, and what about three episodes in they went, and he wanted to set their family up as a role model for a good family mm-hmm. in a reality show, and the producers go, Yeah, no man, this isn't gonna sell. Yeah. We need drama. Right. Your, daughter, divorce, your daughter needs to be a rebellious. You and your right. wife need to have problems. You know, he's like, sad, isn't do, it? I ain't doing that sad. shit. It's sad like that that's the only thing that sells. Yeah. I'm going to go get a beer. All right. Anybody want anything? Um, no, I'm good. Thank you so much. Okay. I think you got about five minutes before he wraps it up. He's doing great. Come on, Florida State. My condo community where I live, um, we're all doing the March Madness thing. We had to fill out a the thing and put ten dollars in. And yeah, I don't, I don't know anybody. I don't yeah, know the teams. See, well I don't. Enough. I don't really care for college basketball. I like uh, the NBA. Really, it's usually the opposite. I find. Really? Most, most no, I love, love the NBA. Basketball. Yeah. I mean, I've always since the Dream Team back in '92. I think it's the most watched sport in America right now. Is uh, NBA basketball. Really? That's what I, I, I said the same thing. I was like, hmm. I don't know. Why? Why? Because of the whole football knee thing or whatever that people switched or something? Maybe. Maybe. Do uh, you mean like the head trauma stuff with football and everything? That was a dangerous game. I think it's probably because you have more superstars. You just have more ex- like exciting right. superstars are constantly going head to head. I don't like LeBron James, though. No? No. That's like like in the Patriots, you know? You know yeah. what I mean? I don't like it when people win all the time. I, I, that sounds yeah. terrible. No, but, you know, it just takes the fun out of it. You root for the underdog. I, I yeah, like I, I don't like it when the fun's taken out where it's like, hmm, I wonder who's going to win. I'll be honest. The last Super Bowl, not only was it a non-exciting game, it was just wasn't exciting, but it was, it was deflating. Like just watching them win again. It's so funny. I can't even remember who was – who they played against? The Patriots versus. Uh, was it the Colts? No. Did I see? No. I don't even know. Just because it was um, so. I can't even think of. I can't think of them either. It was so. Uh, it was. It just wasn't memorable. But like, watching them win again, it was just like. It, I remember like the whole week sucked. 
Like, it just deflated everything. Like, like, I was right. excited. Super Bowl week. It's fun. The, the game was terrible to watch. It wasn't even fun to watch. And then it's just like, I remember, like, the rest of the week was just like, eh, fuck it. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to do anything. No, this is yeah, boring. Yeah, sad. How long have you been doing um, comedy? I feel like we might have talking about this, but I can't um, remember because I met so many people between now and then. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Last, <laughs> last time you were, I think I did like a little guest spot or something. Or was I no, I just came here to watch Chris yeah. because I had the weekend off and I was like, oh, I'll come. And then some, sometimes, I mean, I'm lucky that I work almost every weekend. So when I get a weekend off, I'm kind of like, oh, I don't need to go. Up. You know what I mean? Yeah, I just, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just coming to support a That's friend. Nice, but though. That's you nice. were in it. And I think I, remember I was we hosting. I remember yeah, I, was I think you're hosting. Um, I, uh, August I'll be two years, two nice. years doing it. Yeah, so. that's really good. So you're kind of like in that group where you probably see everyone, all your peers, trying to be like, I'm a feature, I'm yeah. a headliner, I'm this. Yeah, I, I, when, when you said that, it resonated with me because I remember like thinking like, that's crazy. To, we were never think. like that. We, yeah. my group, I can't even think. The only people that are really left from my group are JB Ball, and he was actually after. Yeah. Me. I can't even think of anyone else that you would probably know. Right. But, uh, yeah, like our group. I mean, every group is funny to watch each generation come up. Yeah. Because, I mean, I know that sounds weird to say generation, but, like, every is, two though. years it's a group of kids. And a lot of times I don't even learn most of their names. I don't meet most of them. But when I do, I'm kind of like, we'll see who was, who's going to last. Only, like, one, like three, two two or three might last from each group right, right. and they just kind of like fade off the other ones give up you know happens, but yeah. everyone comes off so like cocky now and so oh, yeah and so i'm so great i just you have they a, have like one good open mic set and they think they're on top of the world and it's well, like but you're just entertaining other comedians so here's the thing you get yeah. a lot of girls that are talking about their you yeah. know crotch area yeah of course and then you got the guys talking and of course that's funny to your peers but is it going to be funny to those people that are out there yeah and exactly. the audience <laughs> Don't like, want to play to audio or play to comics, you know what I mean? Yeah, I did a show at the improv called Chicks Are Funny, and every single woman in the show besides me said the p word. I don't even like to say it unless really? I'm, unless I'm like boning. Right, right, right. <laughs> right. Unless I'm being romantic. Unless I'm being romantic. <laughs> if I'm being romantic, <laughs> I'll say the p word. You went boning to romantic. I love. <laughs> trying to follow like a mold like right. they're trying well, to but even though i mean there are listen it's okay to be dirty there's a lot of successful comedians that are dirty but you can still be original but yeah. it's just weird that every single one of them went yeah. that way yeah and i feel like it's obviously it's the easier road it's easy to get laughs when you're talking to your friends even when you're a little kid you're like you know like yeah. little boys like my wiener yeah, yeah. You know? what's that a bad word yeah. i'm actually trying to be clean like i'm actually anything new that i write i'm i'm trying to make it be clean because i feel like almost like the same thing he said about sinbad just about set yourself apart well there you yeah, go yeah like i could be one be of the clean, female clean like female. oh i mean i'm actually one of like side splitters when jamie kennedy was like i want a female they're like tiffany because <laughs> it's like yeah. who else can we think of that's great you know at certain places that's also. awesome but yeah i mean if i add clean to it Although I had one headliner that I worked with at the Carolina Comedy Club, and I heard him talking on his phone because the comedy condo had such thin walls. And he was like, he said, I really like my feature. She's really funny, but she's not dirty at all. I am. I'm, I'm cutesy dirty. You're edgy. Yeah, I'm cutesy dirty. Like, I kind of, you know, skirt 
Like anything right. that I say is dirty is usually it came out of my mom's. What do you mouth. mean, like like cursing but, or stuff like that? Or are you talking well, about edginess, like sexual, riskiness, sexuality? Sexual, yeah. yeah. Okay. So, but he was like, sh- he's like, so I wish he was a little more dirty. And I'm like, I'm like, oh my god, I don't know. Yeah, like, like I'm trying. Like some people are like, I wish you were cleaner. I wish you were dirtier. I'm like, what do I do? I feel like I'm like Goldilocks or something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> this club's just the right amount of dirt. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. I, I think that, like, uh, like JB, for instance. Uh, uh, very funny. Uh, he's also just an awesome dude. Like, he pays it forward in comedy. He always he taught me that. He was like, if you're going to do it, just pay it forward. Like, don't don't look for a return, especially when you're first starting out. You're not going to see it. But he's so funny because he came out in our group. Yeah. Most of us didn't like him because he came uh, out super cocky. Like, he, he came up, out like, I'm going to be the way. best. Yeah. I'm better than you guys. Like he almost did, like what the kids are doing now with the entitlement. He had it, but it worked for him. Yeah, it's, it's great. very competitive. Yeah. You know, uh, like Orny, the Orny Adams, he comes off as cocky. Like uh, he says, yeah. one of his biggest regrets is that he was so cocky in the beginning. But you know what? Everything he said in that comedian documentary that he did and the has come to true. Yeah. Everything he said that I'm gonna be, I want to be a celebrity. Da da da. He has gotten to the level where me and him were hanging out in St. Augustine, and kids were chasing us around with their phones trying to take pictures for Twitter and stuff. That's awesome. Like, he got to the, everything he said about he wants people to approach him while he's eating. I saw that happen. Yeah. So it's like sometimes when you say those things, it's almost like when people make the gold charts on the wall, wherever they're called, I don't do it. You know what I mean? Like, when they uh, make, like, like the f- their – Like the dream the dream yeah, chart or something like, like that. Yeah, like that kind of – like when you talk big like J.B. Ball. Right. I think sometimes like it manifests destiny. Yeah, sort it of comes thing. true. Like I think so. Yeah. Like so, know. it's it's a good thing. I can't do it because of the martial arts background. Like it's all about being humble and stuff. I'm, I'm humble too. I mean, I'm I'm too humble. Like I. It's a problem. Yeah. I don't take compliments well. Like if someone compliments me, like I'm like like if someone in the audience says, "Oh, you are very funny," I'm like, "Well, you are a really good audience member." I yeah. couldn't have You're done better it than me. Without you being in the right, audience, right, like right. I try to deflect. I don't think there's anything wrong with that necessarily, though. Like. I think you can be humble and still be great. Like, like, like Sinbad's an example. He's underrated, but like he's he's very humble. He's very nice. Uh, I, I really um, want to see him. Like, look, look at like Nate Bargatsky. He like, couldn't be more of a humble person. He's also clean. Right. You know what I'm saying? So. I think being clean's good. He, Are you clean? Uh, I can't remember. I, feel I like curse. I feel like I what I when I'm I not heard crazy you. like dirty. I don't like being crazy See, dirty. That's really funny. I don't think cursing is dirty. I think it's a, I I've grew up cursing. So. You know what I mean? Like. Yeah. It's it's about. I know older people really take offense to it. Like that's what you have to watch out for. I remember me and Chris doing a show in Ocala at a at the Bonkers. Right. Have you ever been there? Uh, I've never been to bon- Bonkers. It's a lot no. of older people. You like you're like not sure if you should start calling out bingo numbers or if you should because it's like right. almost feels like that. I've made that joke a couple times in here. Actually. Oh, yeah. But like, it, but it's very cafeteria style too. Even. You oh know? okay. So it really makes oh, you feel it that. Oh, feels way. like a bingo hall. Like it feels like a bingo hall. But um, after the show, the old people were like, oh, my God, we just loved you, da-da-da-da-da-da. And, oh, we didn't like the other guy. He's a little off-color. I was like, what? Well, how is he off-color? Like, I'm like, I talked about old balls. You yeah, know what I mean? Weird. I talked about my mom being worried about old balls. Some people and can get away with like, it, though. They're like, well, he said the F word. And I was like, really? That's what yeah. made him be off-color? Okay. I'm like, it's just a word, it's, you know? <laughs> it's so weird. I think it changes to where, you, where you're at, probably. I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm trying to curse. I, I was told, like, you know, just... If you have a curse word, use it like it's like, like a like an ace. Right. You know what I mean? Just use it. Don't like keep on fucking throwing that word out because it's it's gonna lose its power pretty quickly. Yeah, I really don't uh, say the f word in real life. 
unless like I'm super annoyed or like if like right like if I'm feeling gangster about something yeah you know what I mean like sometimes you know how you're like yeah man yeah. like you kind of feel a little gangster so you yeah. start throwing out that word like even if you're, you're joking like around and you get yeah. that and you get the like gangster feeling happening one thing I hear a lot especially just from the newer open mi- open micers is fucking fucking this fucking that I was you know what I mean? It's just like it's like a utterism. Like, it's like a spatial word. They're instead of saying like or uh, they're going fucking this and fucking that. And I'm like, you gotta get rid of that immediately, because it sounds trashy. Like you just don't seem smart either. Like, I mean, I'm not saying every comic has to be. I mean, every comic should be probably smart, even if you're not playing smart on stage. But you definitely come across like an idiot if you're just every other word's fucking right, right. And damn and this and like just clean it up, really. You can be edgy though. You can talk about, you know, this is all pro- sorts of bad shit. This is probably the best episode you've done so far, right? No kidding. Definitely. <laughs> ah, there goes the humble thing. Definitely. <laughs> I, I love John was on it for like maybe five minutes. Did he talk when I was up? <laughs> no. Really? Oh, he's in the zone. Yeah, he I could, gets, he's one of those guys. I yeah, tell. he gets in the zone. Me, I can actually get up like right away. I'm a little. I was actually nervous this weekend, yeah. yesterday especially, just because I've never middled here. And I right. know that it's very important. Like, like Les is very picky. He only has so many weeks that he can book. It's hard to so, get in here, man. So, yeah. And people are always like, oh, how do you do McCurdy's? Like, on the way home last night, I had, like, a couple headliners called me that live out in L.A. They're like, how do we get into McCurdy's? Yeah. Like, I, you got to do it for yourself. Like, I try to help people, too. Like you said about J.P. Ball. Right. I'm always the first person to email you. I mean, to send you my email booker list. Like, if someone just asks me who books that club, I will say it. I don't right. care if I'm your friend or whatever. I'll yeah, say, yeah, here yeah. you go. You know, I I love to help, but pay it forward. Yeah, but you can only do so much. Some people are so yeah. It's like I can't. Yeah. You know, get you in. No, I know. A rotation. People think that I can get him in this At fucking club. Snappers, it's I could. When I when uh, my friend Bob Burrow's booking snappers, and that's why they asked me because I got them into snappers. I'm of like, course, I don't. Yeah. That that's done now. Bob's not booking there anymore. Yeah. I don't have any power anywhere. I'm no. just doing my thing. People assume that they, that they do. I, I mean, just from working the door, people thought that I could get them on the open mic. That's so funny. And I'm like, I can't get anybody on the I can't get myself on the open mic. It's hard. Like, right. You got to have the work Johnny, ethic. You know what time, Johnny Hobbs is like the main host of the open mic. He always busts my balls. Like He's like, no, you're not getting up this week, asshole. You already hosted. I'm like, oh, fuck. <laughs> <laughs> like, it's hard to get in this club. It's the purpose. That's why. Yeah. It's like Harvard. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're only as good as, as many people as we turn away. Yeah. So this is like, the first time I was nervous in a while. Yeah. That's a good thing. Yeah, I think, like I said, it made me feel like a little girl again. I feel like if I'm not nervous before a show, it's going to go horribly wrong. I've always felt that way. My greatest teacher said, if you're not nervous, you're not learning. You're not caring. You don't care. Well, see, I grew up on stage, though. Like, I was a pageant kid. So, like, when I was two years old, I was on a stage. So, to me, like, that part of me, that part of my soul has died. Okay. (laughs) You know what I mean? Like, those little butterflies were smashed a long time ago. And it's like, I'm just on stage. Right. And, yeah, so for me, I don't really get that nervous with the stage thing. Yeah. So, that, that, that part's gone. But, yeah, I don't know. The butterflies, they don't. I don't, as soon as I walk out, even if I'm, like, bombing... I don't. I'm not nervous then, but it's like beforehand. I'm nervous, you know. It's not like crippling, right. but it's something I'm like, all right, let's see what we can do. I always feel show. like the audience, you know, if someone falls off like the trapeze, people love that shit. So if you actually messed up on stage, think about how exciting 
Yeah. Where they're like, I was, went to see this comedy show and the comedian just froze up. And yeah. Like, were, like it was awesome. It was like like watching them, a train wreck. Them, they're like, yeah. You know what I mean? So like, if anything, you're giving them that. Yeah. At least. True. It's you know? entertainment at some yeah, point. Yeah, I think so. Wow, they were laughing so hard. You a funny man. You a funny man, John DeGrasse. Look how sweaty he is. Crushing it. Crushing it. Crushing it like a boss. I didn't get to get a picture of you tonight because we're back here doing this. I said I didn't get to get a picture tonight of you on stage because we're doing this. I want to get a picture of you doing your ending. Did you just point of the mask? Yeah. You ever seen that where he puts the mask on the people? And oh, makes yeah. Them sing along well, I haven't shit. seen him do that, but I've seen other people do that, and yeah. that's always really funny. Yeah, 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 he puts it on and they sing and they do yeah, their yeah. things. Yeah, I love it's that. Funny. <laughs> it's funny. It's a nice little gimmick. It's a great closer for people because you want that standing ovation. The audience loves it. Oh, yeah. Well, it's like what we were talking about earlier that uh, Les was saying that when people do the joke jokes or things that other people have done, obviously, I'm sure John's doing his own take right, right. on that. That's totally original, even though right. other comedians do it. I'm sure they're all different when they do it. But the audience loves it. So uh, yeah. the nerve of someone to be like, oh, you can't do that because someone else does that. No, guess what? The audience loved it, so shut the fuck up. Yeah, that's bullshit. That's well, he's right though. If you try to like live your life or live your career by like worrying about what other comics think about yeah, you, yeah, you can't. I mean, just be a nice person, be a good person, but don't like worry about if they think your joke's good or not. Like, right, right. I right. remember I was thinking about that. There was some I'm not gonna mention their name, but like they just didn't like me. Like they just didn't like my material, and I was like, I let I let it get to me. I was like, why? And I was like, why am I trying to win this dude over? I'm like, I don't give a fuck That's about so this. Weird like, why do I care? Like, yeah. Yeah. And he like verbally, he, like, he was rude. He told me, he was like. I don't like you. I don't think you're funny. I'm like, oh, thanks. Wow. <laughs> yeah, and I thought, that's uber but douchey. it just goes to show he's not a good comic, though. He's not very funny himself. And he's kind of an asshole, so it's like. Yeah, yeah, comedians that are haters are usually the not good. Yeah, they're just mad at their own self. There's jealousy. It's yeah. probably jealousy that you're in more. Yeah, but like, but I was thinking like, why am I? I was legitimately thinking like, well, I wonder if I can like tighten this up maybe yeah. like maybe he doesn't like it this way i'm like why i don't give a fuck like I, 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 like for about five seconds i found myself doing that and i was like wait wait no don't do that like, i wonder if i even know who it is oh probably yeah. oh I know. this is this is the worst write it down on a this piece of always paper happens on podcasts people are always like yeah, you feel good. write it on a piece of paper write it uh, on your hand yeah well, we're write off it on your head my hair shoot on my, over. my head just, just, yeah. Spell it with these pencils. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This is a great idea, though. Was this your idea? It was, yeah. Well, Les has always wanted to do something like this, and I was like, we need to do a podcast. And uh, his, his, uh, it was actually um, Lynn Copeland's, like, concept, kind of. Like, right. she was like, you should do a podcast while we're hanging out in the green room. And, like, Les was like, that's exactly what we're going to do. Yeah. So we couldn't think of any other real way. Like, every, everything else has kind of been done. We feel like, but this, I, we were trying to capture like what it's like to be right. like, I wanted to go with the, uh, it's kind of, it seems kind of tacky, but it's uh, like the comedy break room almost. Right. Like imagine if we were like at like uh, Best Buy, like they have a break room and everything, right, like people right. shooting the shit before they got to go and clock in for their shift. Like that's kind of how I felt like this was a little that's bit. That's funny. Well, but, I mean, I don't know. You're so lucky know. being here because Les really is nicer. Yeah. 
and like better than a majority of the bookers. Oh, like he is so friendly. He really is. Yeah. He's not he's a good weird. dude. I mean, luckily he's got a good team around him too that I think makes him be able to be a little more approachable because oh, you yeah. get you go to some clubs and it's not that the booker isn't kind yeah. when they get a moment, but they're just bouncing out like Marcella. Poor Marcella has to bounce. I mean, that's usually what the booker, the yeah. owner is doing. Just putting they're out ba- fires. Putting they're out bouncing fires. everywhere, just going everywhere, yeah. and you don't get a second. So they kind of, so they can kind of come off if you don't know them yeah. as. Standoff, yeah. yeah, and you're kind of like, oh, can I talk? I don't know. I don't want to stop in the something? middle of that. Like, yeah. yeah, but yeah, he's made it so he's so approachable and so kind. Yeah, and he's fun. very, he's a good. Well, I, I well, think he's very charismatic, just naturally. I, from what I've known about Les too, just before he even got into comedy, he, he was like a philanthropist basically. He he liked, like, I think he worked with uh, him and his business partner Ken Sons. I think they worked with like underprivileged kids. Like they, he's a he's an he's an adopted child. You know what I mean? Like he just he has the he's a salt of the earth kind of person. Right. So I think that makes a good comic and an even better business owner. Honestly, Jimbo, Jim Jim, our security guy. He's good. <laughs> You're next, buddy. You're on your next. Our next guest. Oh, my back hurts. Yeah. My that back hurts. hurts so bad. I've been helping um, Chris, actually. Me and some other comedians have been helping him fix up his house. Like, he inherited a house from his grandma. That's basically should have just been knocked over and condemned. Oh, that's and a real all, bit? And like, we're all that's kind a true of story? Like, yeah. <laughs> and we're all kind of, like, helping him yeah. rebuild it. Oh, and that's awesome. Yeah, like, I got, like, a sunburn on my shoulders today. And I was like, I don't want to go today because I want to be at McCurdy's tonight. But then I was like, you know, I'll just go over there for a couple hours and help. But, yeah, my back... Oh, yeah, it's hard work. All right, that's a wrap. We're there wrap we go. It up. Good times, everybody. That's a wrap. Doesn't look like Florida State's going to pull this off unless they get a rally. Um, this is the best episode yet. This is, no, I'm kidding. Sorry, DL. keeps getting better. I'm sure. It's no. a conversation. <laughs> it's a conversation. The conversation. The conversation. Ooh, and we're out. <laughs> we're out. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Go to our website, mccurdyscomedy.com, to check out all of our upcoming shows and events. Also, check out Tiffany Barbie at tiffanycomedy.com. And look up John DeCrosta on Twitter at John DeCrosta. That's uh, John, D-I-C-R-O-S-T-A. And uh, thank you very much. We'll see you next week.